Welcome back to Beacon Station, my friends. Uh, it's been a hot minute. Uh, here I am in the GM seat again, and it's good to see everybody. What the heck? Um, yeah, so um, we are starting things off, uh, kicking things off here and uh, getting underway for season two. This is going to be a six-episode arc, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, before we get Started. I'm going to go ahead and just start with a quick announcement from StreamPunks. Uh, just letting everybody know that uh, last season, in season one of Beacon, one of the things that we were allowing is for uh, people to use their uh, use uh, the subscription that you have to StreamPunks gives you hero points or story points that you can give out to our players at any point during the campaign. And last season, we were able to use that to give everyone bonuses for the role. This season, we're switching things up a little bit. So it's a shorter season. We're going to still use that system. So if you are a higher tier subscriber on the StreamPunks Patreon or Coffee, I would I would suggest Coffee is where we look, um, then we are going to use your name. We'll draw your name out. And every time the StreamPunks spend a story point, we'll call the name and thank you if you're on stream. But also, um, the resource is finite this season. So there is a finite pool that does not refresh at the end of each episode. So it kind of just keeps spiraling down. So use them wisely. Um, that was the only audio that I, the only audio, I'm reading messages in chat right now and I just said, my audio is great. Um, that was the only announcement that I had. If somebody else wants to take over, I think, Caitlin, you had an announcement? I, I do. Um... The cases of Costa Vega are Blue Sky's uh, mystery one season, uh, strange little experiment two on one game. Just had our season finale last night uh, here on Q Times. It was so much fun. Thank you everybody who hung out and and uh, watched us through the whole season. Uh, all of it will be available on YouTube as soon as this uh, final episode goes up. I don't remember what date of the week it does go up, but it will be up on YouTube with the rest of the playlist. Uh, and I would love it if you would go watch it. The episodes are not as long because there's, you know, fewer, some of them were kind of long. Like, I can't quite say that. But by the end of the season, we get it. We get it real short. So um, y'all should go check that out. Uh, it is a blast. And we're playing a game that I made, which I think is delightful. And it's very pretty, if I do say so myself. So the cases of Costa Vega. Go check it out. Sweet. All right. Thank you, Caitlin. Um, Aliza. Hi. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just so weird right now. Uh, I am pleased to say that Welcome to the Blood Bar, the final chapter. It's not published yet. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so sorry. Like, uh, I'm working on it. Um, I'm hoping to post it to publish it this week. And then that's the ch chapter 10. If you haven't read any of this, I have this vampire bar visual novel slash interactive fiction it's called welcome to the blood bar it's on a platform called story loom and you can read it for free you just have to sign up for a free account and you can read my story all 10 chapters uh later this week but the first nine right now you can go read them uh, i'm gonna try to post the link in chat in chat i'm not sure if it will let me but we shall see um i'll try in a moment <laughs> thanks excellent all right uh and lastly m to left Yes, it is I, Sam DeLev, on a, another season of Beacon, a, an alien, scary show. Anyway, to distract myself from that, Skyence, um, did you know 
that giraffes can make statistical inferences. Seriously, find out more and find out whether I have redeemed my coverage of giraffes on May Contain Science, available uh, on my Coffee for Supporters, but also just on the YouTubes. That is a clip from my Tuesday morning streams at 8 a.m. Pacific, uh, but it comes to you every Friday on YouTube and ideally a little bit earlier if you kick a little bit of my coffee. But it is available for all as good science should be. Also speaking of stream, I'm having my third stream anniversary this weekend. Um, the 17th. I, alas, I am still a professional something, but yes, <laughs> Saturday the 17th and heck, probably on my Sunday stream as well, because why not? We will be fundraising for Rainbow Railroad, a group that supports uh, resettlement and getting uh, queer and trans people out of scary places and situations. Uh, it is an incredibly powerful, incredibly impactful organization. Its mission is needed now more than ever around the world. They are making moves. Uh, they recently announced some national level partnerships to uh, uh, work with government assisted refugees in Canada. It's a really, really, really uh, good organization. I believe in it a lot. We're raising money for it this weekend starting at 9 a.m. on Saturday. And I'm so excited. Well, I first of all want to applaud you not looking to delay the inevitable start of the season any <laughs> further than you had to. Um, thank you so much, Sam. Yeah, definitely be there for that. It's going to be very important. Um, I think with that, we are ready to begin the second season, the next chapter in the story of our intrepid adventurers in this dark universe. Let's begin season two of Beacon. back we're ready to begin when we last left off on beacon station you would all returned from a harrowing encounter during a rescue of a freighter that was in distress in that encounter a hit squad was waiting for you the crew of the Ilios discovered very quickly that the whole thing was a lure to draw you all out and eliminate you it has to be attached to something you guys have been uncovering. The data that you've uncovered about an operation called Project Dark Star. 
There's not much known about it, but you have been able to uncover a few startling things. For example, Tig has discovered that a dear friend once thought lost in the war might still be alive. Or some semblance of alive. Where they are, it's impossible to know. You've discovered that there is some kind of operation called Project Dark Star that is involved in some pretty bleak and scary shit. Reporting this, finally coming back and getting a straight story out of Varela. She revealed a few of her motives as to what she is doing out here. She revealed to you that she is looking for her own son and that she has been playing a little fast and loose too. And the whole reason that Beacon was started up because she is on her little, a little bit of a redemption arc. She's trying to make her son proud of her and she wants to help people. But also, she was going to use company resources to start something her own to save her son, who she says is out here somewhere on the frontier. Some other revelations have taken place. Isaac is no longer equipped with a behavioral inhibitor chip, which is, by the way, mandatory in all synthetic life forms. It is against United Nations law for synthetic not to have a behavioral inhibitor chip. That's been taken care of, and Varela saw to it. After Varela, after a, a sort of subconscious subroutine was run in Isaac while you were all on hypersleep, you all managed to uncover what was really going on, and that's what led Varela to become clean. Martha has also been very busy, because Martha is still in the core. And she has been assigned to Beacon Station as sort of a chaperone, as it were. Somebody who is just keeping their eye out. The Colonial Protection Act that was passed years ago, just after the Frontier War came to an end, was designed by the United Nations to keep corporations from ever doing what they did ever again. And it is also designed to empower the Colonial Marine Corps to clean house and protect the people that are just trying to start new lives out here on the frontier. Now, at first... There were a lot of people that were nervous about this because before the frontier war, there was another war where colonists were, were simply refusing and cutting people off from earth. They were cutting off access to all of the colonies rising up against, and it was bloody because once the contact was cut off from earth, these colonists started raiding each other for resources and the Marines were called in to keep the peace. So the Marines have a bit of a dubious reputation with some colonists, but to others, rightly so, they are the saviors that have been swooping in and helping people climb out of a really dark space. Weyland yutani Siegson, all the major corporations have pretty much been having a vicious wrist slap in front of everybody, and they are currently playing very nice. Martha, you've been tangled up in the middle of this, reporting back to the United States Colonial Marine, the United States of America's Colonial Marines, and you have just recently finished a report after leaving, deciding to leave some details out by request of Varela. And then there's Dr. Albright. 
Albright came out here for much the same reasons that Varela came out here. She too had a son that she never saw again. He loaded up into a ship one day, shipped out, and he never came home. Albright came out here to do some good and to find out what happened because there are no answers. When we last left off, you had all had a heart-to-heart -heart with Varela. You came to understand her a little bit more as she opened up to all of you. She's been keeping everyone at arm's length. Maybe it's been difficult for her to shed that company exterior where she keeps herself in a lofty position and doesn't engage with everyone who works at the company. Or maybe she just doesn't trust, which you can imagine because stories of corporate espionage and assassinations within Weyland Utani and outside, they have happened. They can't be proven. They have happened. She finally opened up to all of you. And just when it seemed like everyone was getting on track and trying to come up with what the hell do we do next? Marines arrived. Just as we last left off. The Colonial Frigate. The Coral Sea. Arrived in docking. Life just got a lot more interesting. Picking up roughly four days or so after we've left off. And things have been strange on the station because whoever is on board the Coral Sea, and you can only speculate, they have not disembarked or entered onto Beacon Station yet. They've just been sitting there. Radio operator has been communicating with them and has been in contact with them. Villa Lobos has been talking with them, but none of them have actually disembarked or entered the station. And there's a lot of tension starting to grow. Until yesterday, when a few of the Marines were allowed access to Beacon Station, and an entire fire team came in for what they called R&R, &R, unarmed, came in in their greens. They were not wearing uh, any of their weapons. They few of them had sidearms, but they were all they were all buttoned to their side, but they weren't packing any more than that. And you guys actually found them to be pretty fun, pleasant company, especially when you got to make fun of them for the fact that there is no R&R and Beacon. The station is still being put together. There is the commissary level where everyone can chill and eat and enjoy some food together, but that's about it. Everything else is still being built and Beacon is coming along. And you guys have learned too that there are merchants and traders who have actually purchased and leased out space here on the commissary level who will be moving in shops. There's even, uh, you've also learned from the XO Baker, Preston's told all of y'all that there is at least two hotels that want to open up spaces here so that people who are traveling through can actually rest in a decent bed before heading back out into deep space. So Beacon is actually starting to become a little bit of a hub, but more importantly, more than anything, it is not meant to be a commercial hub. If it can support itself, great. But its primary focus is still first response, relief, aid. The frontier needs it. The new day here on Beacon. And the new shift is starting up. And just like we did once before, 
we begin season two with the clattering of a food plate on top of a table here at the commissary level as people are gathering for breakfast. As the old shift is starting to head back to sleep, the rest of you all are uh, shuffling in one by one. The first thing you would notice is Tig. You have not been sleeping too well for the past couple of nights. The painkillers have definitely helped, but you're still getting used to the new mechanisms that have been attached to your arm. They were actually able to sell, uh, save most of your arm. Mm -hmm. It is now intertwined with cybernetics to reinforce the bone structure and a few fiber implants that have replaced the musculature, which have been destroyed. You're kind of glancing down at it. It's actually kind of nifty as you're looking at it. There's this small chrome-plated elbow that you have now attached. Still <laughs> super sore, though. Like, geez. <laughs> so, yeah. and being such a baby about it. Like, so grouchy. Yeah. You're, uh, you've gone from having significant nerve damage and not being able to move or really feel your fingers to to medical assistance you're moving them around just fine but there is a bit of an ache and you can feel uh the implants as they're kicking in the devices are working but this is going to ache for a while mm -hmm. and dr khan has also told you it's going to take some maintenance but she's also informed you that you'll be fine this i mean tig's, work tig's worked on folks with all all types <laughs> she's probably uh, uh had to do upkeep on at least someone's uh, cybernetic, cybernetic implants before, at least in a field sense. So it's not unfamiliar. Mm. Uh, just uh, it being on her is going to be the, the new adjustment, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also worth noting, too, that once you woke from surgery, first of all, it is worth noting that it wasn't just Dr. Khan who worked on you. Mm. It was also Dr. Albright. Because mm -hmm. there are two incredibly highly trained professional doctors on Beacon Station. But you've also learned upon awakening from Dr. Khan, she has informed you that uh, Director Varela has waived all of your medical expenses. It will not, because <clears throat> there is no, the, the company healthcare replacing. I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not bad, but it's, but cybernetics is no joke. And getting that like Im implanted in there. In the old days with other corporations, they would just try to dock your paycheck or some such. Varela has informed you that's not the way that Beacon works. Especially when you're risking yourself out on the frontier helping people. So when you wake up, Khan cracks a wise joke about, uh, about yeah, if you want any more new body parts, feel free. It's all free. She's smiling at you. Uh, there are um, too many drugs in my system to make a joke back at that, but does that is that bad news for me? No, Should you're I be fine. worried about that. No, you're going to be fine. Okay. She smiles and leans in and says, "I was just trying to lighten the mood a little bit." You're very funny. Thank you for jokes. You should thank Doctor Albright as well. Oh, I'll try. He won't accept it though. No, probably not. No. No. He's too good like that. Hmm. <laughs> I'll thank you twice though. I'll take it but don't let me see you in here again unless that's bothering you we'll make some adjustments not a problem okay. thank you mm -hmm. it's going to take some getting used to but what you'll discover is is after a little while you'll be fine 
it'll be natural to you. Can't wait. Mind if I ask? Because no one's told me anything. And you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but... I wasn't told what happened to you, but I know gunshot wounds when I see them. I used to patch people up back when I was still in the early part of my medical career. Yeah, they're not pretty. Have I been told not to share? Varela has, Varela has inferred that it would be a bad idea to tell anybody anything. It was a hit squad, and she is super paranoid about how they lured you guys out, specifically you guys out, to go help that freighter. It was a long trip. And, uh... I don't, I don't know if I'm so too keen on she raises her hand. nightmares. Yeah, she raises her hand well. and says, yeah, no, I, I, I think I know where this is going. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. All I need to know is the nature of the wound so I can help you. Well, yeah. I'll always be forthright on that front. Good. She just playfully flicks and you hear a ding on your elbow. She says, it'll be right as rain in just a few days. And uh, all of your friends are waiting to meet you down in the galley, too. You're free to leave whenever you feel up to it. Oh, boy. Okay. Tig, you are starting the game with one stress. Uh, of course. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. I love this for me. There is, however, no joke, a, a system in place for drugs that will actually help mediate that, too. <laughs> uh, just making sure you don't... Uh, just making sure that uh, <laughs> the drugs that are introduced here, a lot of them, just like a lot of people in, in Weyland Yutani working way more than they should, uh, typically use stimulants to keep them working long hours after they should have, because this is a post-commercial like capitalist hellscape, just like real life. Um, <laughs> so um, thankfully, uh, she's giving you painkillers and you're going to be okay. Mm. Um, so you're only going to accumulate one stress per day until the wound is fully healed. So right now, you're just kind of like meandering into the lift. Um, mm -hmm. When you get down into the main cafeteria area and get yourself some food, you both realize how absolutely hungry you are. Mm -hmm. Having been asleep and getting nutrients uh, through a tube. But you also realize how early it is as you see the other shifts leaving and everybody that you know entering around the same time. You all see Tig at the table, kind of like looking around a little bit. Balancing, she has a tray balanced on one hand, and then like mm -hmm. her new arm sort of pieces, uh, you can see her like, not uh, slightly tentative of like, where she's got like two fingers from like her injured arm under the tray, and then but is balancing uh, all of it, and right seems on. kind of absently, but just like as though she's using, she's using both hands okay. in her mind, <laughs> and then kind of looking for a place to sit down. All right. I think seeing uh, I think seeing Tig uh, Doc's just gonna be just gonna go. Nah, come <clears throat> come right on over here. You know we got a seat for you. Don't, <laughs> don't act like you have to figure it out. Uh, who are you again? And she sits down and puts her 
uh, yo butcher for the last couple of hours. <laughs> How oh you God. doing? Good. Slightly more metallic, but uh, otherwise hungry as hell. And she's got like two of everything on her tray. <laughs> it looks good on you. Um, uh, get, get some food in you. That's what Lord knows you need it. Um, you have to forgive me. I'm a little, I'm a little sleepy myself. Uh, long nights. <laughs> yeah, we're level playing field. Then she kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> well, level and everything, but arm wrestling. <laughs> there goes that career. <laughs> Don't Maybe worry, I would have won anyway. <laughs> I was just about to say, baby Isaac might finally get a challenge. And we we never know now. We'll never know. <laughs> but you got upgraded. She taps like a like the doctor did. Got new sound effects. Uh, extra weaponry, and she like elbows uh, Doc in the ribs, like with her oh, new elbow. And then I have like, been vanquished. Oh. Uh, Working on it. Working on it. Uh, can we hear some of those sound effects? <laughs> she just taps on the metal, like with her fingernail. Nice. The elbow yeah. looks segmented metal, very much like uh, like a like just this part of the elbow here. It looks very segmented, like metal strips. It's very Winter Soldier. It just has yeah. like this kind of like wrap around here that just fastens on. They didn't bother to cover it, or are they doing that later? They cover mine. They cover all of my skeleton, like mm. yours. Yeah, well, maybe that's where the director's goodwill stopped, was you know, putting I never, it in. I never thought about the fact that my um, skeleton is all covered up. <laughs> Albright, I, since you worked on TIG, I can tell you right now the reason why that actually hasn't been done with, with like, with skin because they can they actually can use synthetic organic skin to actually graft that on and it will grow on and cover it up just fine um leaving just a minor scar but right. uh it has to heal it has to the body has to continue accepting it before they actually uh add skin over it well you see it's it's not that it's not gonna have skin on on this exposed new skeleton i suppose it's just it's that, that the rest is going next mm. um i'm going full skinless yeah, we can look. do that? <laughs> we'll find out. That would be terrifying and a lot of work for your doctor, so I don't think it's going to be <laughs> happening anytime soon. Hey, hey, I was told anything I need next, apparently on the house, and she never said not, not to go skinless. You all hear shouting from down the corridor, and at first it does not make a lot of coherent sense. It just sounds like somebody shouting angrily. And as it gets a little closer and everyone kind of angles towards you here, where are they? Where the hell are they? And stomping into the room, kind of uh, playfully pushing someone aside. You see Hassan who immediately just storms <laughs> in here and looks over and spots Isaac. And with a scowl on his face comes thundering up to Isaac. Get out of the way. He just storms up to Isaac and goes, get out of the way. And comes up right to Isaac and Isaac just, wraps his arms up around you and just lifts you right out of the chair and says, you know what time it is, Isaac. <laughs> it's time for your tattoo. <gasps> Finally? Promise kept. You came back. 
I said I'd give you a tattoo. Time for a tattoo. It's almost as good as skinless. Let's go. You see, he turns and just continues to walk, <laughs> holding Isaac, with Isaac's legs just swinging back and forth as he just starts taking Isaac out of the cafeteria, walking right past a couple of people. You're going to have to choose a design. I have a few options. You can pick one from my arm, too, if you can't think of anything. And he just keeps walking. You guys just watch Isaac disappear around the corner. He's like, over the shoulder. <laughs> I'm so sorry to ask this, but it's I up. always imagine, like, Isaac being heavy like a tank. <laughs> um, so, synth uh, synthetics are, they actually are comparable to human weight. Really? Weight. Yeah. Wow. The, 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 the skeletal, like, the polymers and everything that they use to create the synthetics actually quite efficiently imitate every every like aspect of like how humans they're not like isaac doesn't weigh like robocop okay isaac <laughs> probably weighs because isaac how tall are you again you are you were six foot right you were actually kind of a tall no, boy weren't you tig, no, not tig's especially tall. oh yeah. tig. tig is okay. tall i i am um i think i my pole was simone biles for body type oh right right oh bit, god yes a little then bit you are taller not ultra short <laughs> yes. uh, like she is but yeah body yeah yeah type looks like that yeah okay yeah Easy they're, they're not his... large they're just if they didn't want to go somewhere and they pushed into a door or something uh -huh. they wouldn't but it is a strength thing not gotcha. a mass thing so like oh, simone okay. biles you are just compact muscle and like yes. very okay so in that regard yeah it's i mean hassan is roughly six six and weighs yes. and is weighing in at close to 285 pounds like he that's easily that's kick it arm wrestling yeah he easily swoops you up <laughs> and carries you out of the room and a couple of people giving big grins as they watch you go past also when this is happening a few people passing by y'all's table uh clasp you on the shoulder tig and just say good to have you back tig like every now and then just random beacon employee will just hey oh. tig good to see you tig thanks you're kind of getting the impression that they know that you were injured. And your arm is obviously giving it I'm, away, yeah. too. Yeah. Think they missed me? Nah, I think they're sick of you. Mm. Bummer. <laughs> I'm out. What have I missed? What's up? How's everybody doing? Oh, well. Um, Tattoos, apparently. I've, well, that, I've, is, that is a thing that's happening. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Mr. Impressive got his doctorate, so now he's Doctor Impressive. Wow! <laughs> well, we have to have a party. That's he took the words right out of my mouth. It's a must. <laughs> yeah. Um. The USCMC is here and freaking everyone out. Right. Yes. Yes, that is very uncomfortable. You got any insight on that? I don't think I've seen them come out of the ship. We got a few, didn't we? But yeah, I, I've heard whisper, whisper people in and out of Medbay, but yeah, I mean, I don't really know much more than you all know. Mm. Um, I'm just waiting to see if they want to interface with me in particular. <laughs> you think they uh, will? I mean, I can't imagine they wouldn't since they're here. Want me to report in person to someone. Gross. Uh, you don't think there's any chance they're trying to snag you up for some kind of fancy military mission or any such thing right? I mean, they, they've been here a few days and they haven't so i'm hoping no could be incidental just they're just here 
I'm just letting them know they're not taking my crewmate without a fight. I'll, I'll put them up. Trust me, I'd rather just stay on the track we've been on because <laughs> too many complications could complicate things, you know? Not an untrue statement. Factual, in fact. Yeah. So. What kind of tattoo you think Oz is going to pick? It's going to be cool as hell. I truly, I took all of my restraint not to like ask immediately because they were having a moment, but I, it's going to be really cool. Well, you got to be real careful with that. I mean, uh, I have what I can only respectfully call an unfortunate tattoo myself. So, you know, elaborate, I'm, el elaborate, you, elaborate, elaborate, yeah. elaborate. I want to hear you about this. There. Yeah. I'm gonna go check on Isaac. Oh, <laughs> oh coward. We're never gonna forget, Doc. We're never gonna forget. Just you walk away. As Doc leaves the table quickly, and just grabs just a small handful of food with him and just leaves. <laughs> Evacuates. Tattoo? What do you think it could be? A uh, tramp stamp? It's probably a tramp stamp. Uh, uh, like a butterfly on the ankle. It's mm, very sweet. My uncle had one of those. Any particular kind of butterfly? I mean, your uncle? Monarch. Yeah, my uncle. Monarch. Yeah. He liked him. I mean, I wouldn't judge. But now I really want to know what it is. I know. I know. He's, he's so he's so funny. He thinks we're gonna forget that. I am not. I am not medicated enough to forget. <laughs> so good luck to him. Speaking of which, mm -hmm. how are you doing, really? They won't let me leave Medbay for four days. I've been um, close to uh, cataclysmic total nuclear meltdown, but in, like, in a really pathetic healing way um, because they won't let me do tasks. I got reprimanded for organizing the uh, supplies cart yesterday, so... Just looking for something to do? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about me. I can't mm. sit still. Very bad mm. at it. Um, I may have noticed. Yeah. So, besides being bored on my mind and not being allowed to do things, fine. Lakey. Very hungry. <sighs> Confused as hell, but... Yeah. Moving forward. How about you? I feel like I'm in a holding pattern, to be honest. Yeah. You know, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. God, right? Why does it always feel like that? Is that do they just, did they just like drill that in us? Is that just like a thing now, or was um, that is that built? Is that part of it? Just the everything. I mean, maybe a little bit of both. I don't know. Varela, you know, Varela has these big plans, and. We said we would help her. Yeah. But I don't think we can really do anything while that big ship is here. No. You have any idea of where they're coming from or do just I, would I know that, GM? Um the USCMC Coral Sea is a frigate that has seen action in the Frontier War. You're not sure where it's coming from. Um, it, it's not unusual for the Colonial Marine Corps to have ships out here on the frontier. Uh, even after the Frontier War, uh, the things, the tensions between the United Americas and the UPP and the Three Worlds Empire has all chilled considerably, especially because both sides discovered they were being played 
and that's why the whole frontier war happened in the first place that has caused both sides to kind of have that moment where they stopped hating each other for a second and re looked within to find out where it was coming from as a result of that there's not as many uh there's not as many combat patrols or or the border is not well as well as enforced however it's not unusual for ships like Coral Sea to be out here patrolling and looking after colonists that might be in trouble. The, the, the Marine Corps is doing a lot of policing and cleaning up company bullshit because what's happened after the colony wars is it's discovered how many colonies out here suffered. Some of them were destroyed and never reported crimes that were committed against other from colonists to other colonists um, and company negligence. So much like Beacon, the Colonial Marines have been called in to clean everything up. Hmm. And so it's not unusual to see a frigate out here like this. Keeping in mind, you guys are on the edge of space. Y'all are, are on the far end of uh, United America space. And about, you all are only like a, a dozen or so light years away from the border with the UPP and independent systems. Hmm. So... Is there any way that we um, would be able to find out who, like, where currently enlisted folks are stationed? Um, there is. Uh, it it depends. Like, mostly that that's only accessible through people who have military, who have like active duty members who mm -hmm. are in the military, like families who have active duty members that are related to. <laughs> um, if you're retired, aka you, um, that's uh. It's not as easy to access, but it is accessible. Yes. But what if Digan has active a friend duty? who is active duty? Active Hypothetically, duty, if I <laughs> just so long as they're not in the middle of operations, you mm -hmm. can probably find out where someone is, or at least where they were last stationed. I have a similar question, actually. I was yeah. wondering if uh, Martha would be able to see if she knows anyone on the Coral Sea. Okay. I'm not sure how she would go about doing that. You could probably but, find a manifest. Yeah, you like might that. be able to. You might be able to access the database here on Beacon. But you're not sure how much you're going to get. Beacon is basically using public information and free information that's available across um, the systems. Mm -hmm. But, but you're not, is, I mean, if, but this if this was maybe maybe they could. Yeah. Um, Hop a skip and a jump right in there. <laughs> you are an active duty colonial marine, so mm -hmm. if you needed to touch base with them, you can get in touch with the Coral Sea. You can actually make contact with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So I say, to answer your question, Tig, I don't know where they were coming from. I don't know where they're going next, but. I mean, it seems like maybe they're just, it's just a routine stop for them. Hmm. Varela, yeah, Varela hasn't said otherwise, but she's really not saying much to us the past few days either. Maybe she's sorting things out on her own first. Almost like you summoned them, Martha. You and Tig both slowly glance aside as you start catching the movements of a bunch of people here uh, on the promenade making way as you see two colonial marine officers striding through the promenade towards the main lift. Um, one of them bears the rank of captain. He's a man probably in his early 50s, very handsome, square-jawed, has like the uh, fade on the side. The way I've described him before 
is that he kind of uh, he almost looks like the villain in Avatar without this without the claw across his face and he's not built like you know heavy built or anything like that but he looks fit he's walking through here he does have his hat on um which uh if he approaches you that means you salute um he is in his formal attire striding across the deck he is flanked by uh, a smaller woman who looks like she is a full-on combat marine but she has the rank of lieutenant um a filipino woman who uh her left arm is just covered in tats she looks like she um tight ponytail pulled back and she's like flanking the captain and just kind of nodding to people as she walks by um they approach as they're approaching the lift you see baker meet them come striding up to them they start having a conversation whispers are already starting to erupt around you guys of like oh shit there they are is that that is that what do the bars mean it's a fucking captain what do you mean what the bars mean how long have you been traveling in space have you never seen a captain rank you hear like people whispering every now and then just like to your left and right looks like that's the captain any familiar faces no i mean baker obviously well yeah who's that guy no can't make that joke twice <laughs> huh. baker looks What's... like he's listening intently as you guys are watching him yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask like what because we know but the other two whatever but like because we know baker what can we read anything off of just like expression stance how does he feel about this interaction right now the captain looks like your typical, you know the type, both of you. Mm -hmm. Captain looks like a full-on officer. Judging from judging from the way the captain is, uh, you can see the way he is having a conversation with Baker. It looks very much like it's a very straightforward conversation. He doesn't mm -hmm. look like he's busting Baker's chops or anything like that. Baker's just listening intently and kind of nodding along and responding back to him. Uh, the woman next to him lieutenant she is just standing very i mean again you know the type she's not mm -hmm. going to say or do anything unless the captain says to say or do anything um but after a few moments uh you definitely get an air of uh, of like professional casual air about the captain he doesn't look like again he doesn't look like he's bearing down on baker and after a few moments baker nods and he motions to the lift and the captain nods to him and the two of them the lift opens up and they step inside as he pivots around, he makes eye contact with the two of you. And you see Baker's eyes light up and he goes, hey. and he holds the elevator door suddenly. He points oh at the God. two of you. Oh, Jesus Christ. And they both grumble and yeah. stand up. <laughs> Tig shoves the half of a, a cornbread in her mouth and they go over. Uh, yeah, you approach. You approach the lift. Um, salute. You salute. I don't. Yeah. She nods. Yeah. Uh, Baker says, uh, Captain Levine, this is uh, Tig and uh, Martha. And these were the two that were part of the Helios mission that we were talking to you about earlier. He nods and says, See, looks at you, Tig, for a moment, looks at your arm, and then he glances over at you, Martha, and notes you're in uniform, notes your rank. And you see, he considers for a moment and says, I think we're good here for now. No reason to disrupt their meal. They can go back to eating. We'll come and chat with the both of you later. Yes, sir. 
steps back into the elevator. And Baker goes, go back to eating, I guess. Presses the button. The door just... And... Closes. Tig goes to Baker. Should we be worried about that? Wait, did Baker get in, get in the elevator with them? Yeah, Baker's with them. Oh, okay. okay. I thought yeah. he was still down here with us. No, then no, I'll no. Say that to Martha. Should we yeah. worry about that? Baker, yeah, Baker got in the elevator with them. I mean, I'm not sure, but I'm wondering if they're going to see Varela right now. Yeah. And did not want us there. Hmm. Huh. Well. Do you think we can go on the ship? Go on the ship? Which ship? The the Coral Sea or Helios? The Coral Sea. Why? I don't know. I'm kind oh. of bored. I've been doing security checks and helping out around here. There's you want to see do? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And she turns and goes back <laughs> and starts going. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> I'm not allowed to do anything else right now. Let's go. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, wait. Am I? Are you supposed to be back in Med Bay? You don't, you don't know anything. And she keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Deni yeah, I'll follow behind her. Yep. Plausible deniability. I'm not going to tell you anything. All right. <laughs> Isaac, you're watching as the needle continues to imprint the image tactfully on uh, your forearm. Where did you want to get it? Was it your forearm? I think you wanted to get something exactly mm -hmm. where, where Hassan had his. Mm -hmm. Do you mind telling me what's... Uh, what Isaac chose? Uh, yes, not an old school style nautical star, mm -hmm. um, but uh, the same shape in a more pointillist style. Isaac actually uh, did uh, uh, a silicone skin equivalent of the temp tattoo that sometimes you will lay down as a as a tattoo artist but like mm -hmm. obviously the material is a little different for right. isaac so it takes a different ink to lay down the temporary um but they clearly had that extremely detailed um mock-up some of the points are dots that some of them are dashes Um, I'm just yelling from the crowd. Now, make sure whatever you pick is not a trend or a joke, because there's no going back. <laughs> Am I a joke to you? Absolutely not. Yeah. Just, just, I don't want you to look back and regret. Life is regret. Have to. Enjoy. They're undershirts all the time. <laughs> smiles and says, I was about to call you a poet. You sound like one. I got good reading recommendations. There you are. All done. Easy peasy. He hold, he steps back and puts the... Uh, easy and put his equipment away. And you see your arm has that design as you had it. The first of what will probably be many. As you mm -hmm. kind of glance down and look at it. And the sun puts his arm next to you and you see his is much more faded, but he has one just like yours on the underside of his arm. Because there we are. Star siblings, eh? Hey. <laughs> and just as y'all are comparing tattoos, you hear Baker's voice over the intercom. Prove the Ilios. Please report to the director's office immediately. 
Perfect timing. Thank you, Hassan. No problem. Let me know when you want the next one, huh? Maybe after the next mission. It sounds like we might get one. Sure, you can become a collector like me. Now everyone knows what Isaac I am. My favorite one. Now let's start hustling. Yes, Captain. All right. How far did Tig and Martha get? Oh, we're literally approaching the uh, y'all were like literally approaching um, the the air, spaceport airlock on deck C here on the main concourse, and it was within sight because currently what you note is the Coral Sea has docked. It's actually a, it's actually locked onto Beacon Station, um, and because as you were approaching, you notice there's actually two Marines stationed at the entrance of the airlock, mm-hmm. looking pretty casual actually. Okay. Yeah. Chilling out there. Okay. The two of you, the two of you have been, it's, you know, especially Tig, you've seen enough combat, Martha, you've seen enough combat. You, you know that one of them, there's this woman that looks like she is just stacked with muscle. You know, a smart gunner when you see one, she is just kind of standing there. Um, looks like she's taking a drag off of a cigarette and, uh, she is having some kind of cheerful conversation with, uh, just one of the other colonial marines is in dress uniform but from the looks of it uh yeah looks like the coral sea currently has at least one active fire team on board hmm. and then the intercom sounds oh just kind of 180 Weep. yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right you all gather at the lift, once again, uniting. Stepping into the lift and just closing. <laughs> begins to take you up to the upper tower on G-deck. When you Look. arrive... What's up? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Right, that's a good, that's a good choice. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Martha, I think you might notice that it could be binary, the pointillism. You're going to have to give me a little more of a clue. Why? <laughs> oh, it's, it's a nautical star. Oh, star, mm. binary, got it. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's that's for other artificial people. <laughs> uh, well, before we get up there, if we mm-hmm. do end up getting chewed out for whatever reason, I think we could all agree to blame the pilot, right? Oh, well, yeah, sure. of course we blame Jackson. But why would he get chewed out? We were almost, we were almost killed. <laughs> I'm just cracking wise. All right, I, I'm cracking wise because I'm nervous. I, I don't. Yeah, I hear you. The door yeah. opens to O'Donnell standing in front of you all. And he goes, We're blaming you. So come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured. Sorry. It's all right. I don't mind taking credit. Credit? Oh, yeah. No, I'll take credit over blame. Hmm? I mean, so when someone blames me for stuff, I call that taking credit. 
Yeah, positive. Uh... Oh, yeah. that's a, that's a fine outlook on things, young man. Yeah, I guess. The two of y'all linger outside the door as he reaches over and just kind of buzzes. <laughs> the door <laughs> opens, and once again, you see Varela's office. Um, the walled window on the other side of the room, kind of looking out over a lot of the ships that are coming and going. Again, there's a lot more traffic coming through Beacon now. It's not just the bison ships that are, are currently docked with Beacon. The Ilios you can actually see from this location is currently on station keeping, not too far from the docks. Um, a couple of the other ships that are hovering out to sort of give room for some of the commercial craft that are coming through. Uh, Beacon is finally getting some some foot traffic through here. There's some people that are finally docking here, reload, like basically reloading supplies, stocking up, refueling, that kind of thing. But what you notice is that Varela is seated on her sofa. Standing is the one that you see as Captain Levine. Also standing next to him still is his lieutenant. And then you see Baker, who is standing near the window and just ushers you all in. <clears throat> As everyone steps in the room, Varela says, Everyone, crew of the Ilios, this is Captain Levine and his first lieutenant, Batista. They have just informed me the nature of their visit, why they're here, and why it is only now that we are hearing from them. Apparently, they have just come from what sounds like a harrowing rescue mission, in a system not too far from here, in which they now currently have 22 refugees on board their vessel. And they've been keeping them and making sure that they are not contaminated. Captain Levine has not told me more than this, but now that they have confirmation that everyone is healthy, that they would like to offload the refugees here on Beacon. What do you need from us? Captain Levine immediately speaks up and he says, I wish to speak to you all about the incidents that have been happening here on Beacon. I have received information from the brass about reports that have been coming out of the station. Some of the activities that have been taking place here. I'm not here to make life difficult for anyone. I'm here to help. I understand that there has been some unusual encounters. And that's something that I'm familiar with and deal with. And I've been given full authorization to bring you up to speed on a few of the things that you've all been encountering out here. Director, she nods and says, please continue. The organization that the, a lot of you have encountered known as Dark Star was a black ops project of for the upp much like operation life force was a black ops project on our side of the border dark star was a highly classified shadow organization that was delving into bioweaponry specifically they like many others were weaponizing alien life forms. Some of which you have already gotten a glimpse of. 
believe you had an encounter at a crash site. Matches the description of an infected individual or a engineered individual. I'm not telling you anything that hasn't already come to light in the news, except for the details, the names of these organizations. And we're still piecing together exactly what it is that's happening. Dark Star supposedly has been utterly dismantled. UPP reacted to the knowledge of Dark Star the same way we reacted when we learned of the treachery of Field Commander, Field Marshal Vaughn. And for a quick lore drop, for those of you who need to be reminded, one of the highest ranking members of the Colonial Marines was involved in a conspiracy with Weyland Yutani to ignite the frontier war and was involved in developing illegal bioweapons with Weyland Yutani. It was something that rattled the Marine Corps to its core and it as one of the things that actually led to the Colonial Protection Act. The UPP suffered the same realization on their side and took the same actions that the Colonial Marines took. They cleaned house. And you see, when he says the name uh, General Vaughn, you, you see visibly Lieutenant Batista jaw clench. You see the tightening in her jaw. Like hearing the name just pisses her off. And the captain says, <clears throat> I've been talking to the director here because the Coral Sea is going to be stationed here for a little bit. We're not setting up a garrison here. We're not going to interfere with Beacon's activities. But at least until the refugees can get settled in and we can find out where they can go to next, we intend to stick around. And I would like to talk to all of you individually or as a group, whichever you're most comfortable with, with the exception, of course, with view and he looks directly at you martha he says corporal i'm going to be talking to you in a formal debriefing yes sir a few moments later he glances over at you pig and he says how's the arm seen better days but in one piece which i suppose is all i can ask for at this point nods well that's all i have for you now corporal if you'll follow me i've been given quarters here on beacon for the time being and i'd like to take that debriefing now yes sir i look at varela varela looks visibly worried she's watching the captain with some measure of anxiety. It's not difficult to miss. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I note that. I kind of glance at the rest of the crew as I follow behind the captain. Um, as you step into the elevator, the lieutenant stays behind. Elevator doors close, and you begin to go down on what has become a very uncomfortable quiet elevator ride with the superior officer who says nothing to you on the whole way down as you guys travel down to the crew quarters level the elevator doors finally open <laughs> he steps out stops somebody who's passing by and says excuse me i'm looking for this room 
Oh yeah, it's that's just around the corner here. I'll show you to it. Leads you into the crew quarters area, which just a few months ago was a shadowy hellscape filled with a possible monster lurking around here that turned out to be um something completely different. Who is now actually helping down on cargo bay deck? Um the two of you around the corner and he thanks the young woman that directs you guys opens it up and you see one of these unoccupied quarters because again beak is not fully staffed yet you guys walk into one of these quarters it's small just like yours couple you walk in a couple of feet there is a sofa area just big enough a kitchen that kind of folds out of the wall lots of like you know like the the bare basic very if you've seen aliens it's very much the size of ripley's apartment it's just super small like a few closets that are just interconnected with the the essentials he takes his hat off and pivots on his heel and says all right corporal i'm not going to be too formal with you but i'd like to know everything you've got what's been happening here command hasn't told me too much about your assignment but i did some digging i know why you're here i know it led to you being put here Kind of a shitty situation for you, quite frankly. But you seem to have made the best of it. How are Mar things? How are things here on the station? Martha looks up when he says that the shitty situation. Kind of surprised. Mm -hmm. Oh well, Cap Captain. Um, yeah, I am trying to make the best of what was a shitty situation. Thank you for acknowledging that. He nods. The general and I go way back. Do you? He nods. Okay. The operations that we are currently engaged in coincide with a lot of the intelligence gathering that the general has a few other people on. I have a feeling, Corporal, that you were picked for your mission because you were the most qualified not because you're being punished. I know that contradicts what you've been told. It does, uh, in a way. He moves over to the kitchen and he pours himself a cup of crystal clear water. And he says, like one? Sure. Passes you a glass and says, I've been out here now for about 14 years. Served in the Frontier War, same as you, same as everyone else. What I can tell you right now is the Marine Corps is sick and tired of the people who don't belong in the Marine Corps being in the Marine Corps. Ever since the downfall of Vaughn, we have become quite critical of people who've been taking advantage of their position. Now, I've made personal inquiries into a particular officer that you have history with. inquiries i wanted to know the nature of the complaints and i also personally off the record approve of how you handled it martha is <laughs> speechless <laughs> what i'm trying to tell you corporal is you have a friend Thank you, Captain. That is the last thing I expected someone of your rank to say to me. Things have been changing a lot around Brass. 
since we're being informal, can I ask what hap what happened to him? Is he still serving? He is not. He has been dishonorably discharged for multiple accounts of which I am not at liberty to go into. I'm sure I can imagine. He has been thoroughly dismissed from the Marine Corps without <sighs> pension or pay. <laughs> Excuse me. Wow. Wow, it's like Christmas morning. He smiles and says, I'm sorry that you've had to be out here on the edge of space feeling like you had a cloud over you. Um, I think the worst thing is when you try to speak up and help protect people and no one does anything and nothing changes. That's the hardest part. Because whatever you do, whatever you say, no one listens or believes you. But I guess someone was listening and believing after all. Since we're being honest with each other, Corporal, the cleaning house has been efficient, but it's been painful. There's a lot of people that we trusted, that we thought were on our side, found out they were on their side. Are you are you saying what I think you're saying? As in... No, it's nothing that bad. Your guy was not involved in anything aside from being an asshole. Okay. But our mutual acquaintance, the general, was one of the many who was trying to get people to look at Vaughn. And no one would listen to them. I have a feeling that's why you were pulled out. Hmm. It's been a little difficult and we're keeping things on the down low. Things are finally evening out the core. We're finding that we can trust our leaders again. The right people are giving the orders now. Wow. Captain. Uh, I, I'm going to ask this um, just because I want information. If that person is gone and was found in the wrong, my record? He nods. You're fine. No, uh, wait. I took this mission to expunge my record, so you're saying I... That's why I called you in for the debrief. I've been told to give you a message. You have two options, Corporal. You can stay here and continue serving as a liaison for the Colonial Marine Corps, or you can join me on the USCMC Coral Sea. I have a fire team that needs a good contact like you. Oh. You don't have to decide right now. Just think about it. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Good work, Corporal. 
Thank you. Now then, I'd like to know what the director wasn't telling me. Can I roll? <laughs> Good feelings gone. <laughs> yes, you may roll. What would you like to roll, Martha? Well, I when I was leveling up, I was like, I'm angling myself to add a one in affiliation. Uh-huh. I had a feeling you were gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. So I would like to attempt to roll manipulation and if I succeed then next time I have XP I can level up in that okay uh yeah what exactly are you basically going to lie to the general or to the captain i mean i want to do one of those things where you like kind of talk around the truth where you're like mob speak there's, there's like a <laughs> like there's a pillar in the middle of the room and the way i'm dancing around it mm -hmm. it's like you can't tell that i'm avoiding it but i'm definitely avoiding it okay i'm gonna give you this and and i I'm all on board, but I want Martha to know exactly what's at risk. Oh, God. Um, because two things that Martha would probably take into account before making this choice. One, Varela is a really good liar. And two, the captain knows she's hiding something. Okay. Well, so then... take that in. But that does look, it's going to be a roll of the dice, though. Right. So, so, maybe... so you could absolutely succeed. Yeah. So but maybe... I just wanted you to know. Maybe it's like instead of dancing around the truth maybe i give him a truth like a tiny truth mm -hmm. you know that's not the big full truth <laughs> it's not so the... he's like ah i suspected something but you know there's more than what mm -hmm. i'm saying okay let's see um okay so he is rolling pull rank which is a talent that officers get you can use your command skill to order any non uh, other. Well, in this case, it's an officer, any other non-officer NPC. So you're since you're not one, he can order you, as long as you belong to the same organization, which you do, to force someone to follow your orders to a specific action. He's going to roll his command against your manipulation. <laughs> so I just roll empathy, right? That's all I have to roll. Empathy, and if you have a manipulation, manipulation skill, right? I don't. So the way this would work is that if it fails it means there's not going to really be any consequences because the pulling rank means that Marth his force of presence mm -hmm. and putting you on the spot I'm Martha just like, I can't lie it's kind of Yeah like, Martha yeah. will realize she can't bring herself to especially after this general just made all of these overtures like, Yeah mm -hmm. Yeah um so okay. all right so I'm going to make the roll real quick All right I'm going to try Yeah nothing uh what did you roll nothing i got three successes <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, i rolled three okay. <laughs> that was almost and that was a big chunk of the dice pool too um martha he just settles in on you um it was almost unbelievable to hear all this so much so that there was a part of you there for a second that you think that he might be trying to play you or something but it just said it's just so good to hear and you realize, despite your promise, you, you you literally cannot. He is a superior officer who is just telling you that your life is back in your hands. Captain, 
I am going to tell you what I know. But I also must say personally, as a colonial Marine, I think that what has been happening with Varela is not entirely outside of what our mission should be. Varela has been looking for her missing son and using the resources of Beacon to do so off the books. Again, I will state, I don't think she has done something morally, morally reprehensible. Unfortunately, she has had to go around protocol to get something that she needed. But there are many people out there missing because of the war. And I don't, besides skipping protocol, I don't find much other fault in what she's doing. Actually, well... There might be a couple other things, but it was all for that purpose. You've grown rather fond of her? Or you sympathize with her? I I empathize with her. See, I'll take that into account, but if it makes you feel better, Corporal, I'm not out here to enforce the law. If she's engaged in some kind of fraudulent activity with Waylon yutani then Waylon yutani can deal with it. Well, it's... But that's the thing, it's not that, you know, for a moment we thought it might be, but mm -hmm. it's not. She's just looking for her son. All right. I'll take that into account. Keep in mind, all I need to know is if everyone here is safe and if she's adhering to the rule of law and that I don't have to bring down the Colonial Protection Act on her head. I hate invoking that thing, but I have to sometimes. Of course. It sounds like she's just playing fast and loose with her own parent corporation. And there's not a Marine I know who doesn't want to see Waylon Yutani burn to the ground right now. So I don't think I'm going to have any problems with that. I can assure you, Captain, that if her personal mission ever comes in the way of other people's safety, I will step in. And I actually hope to not let it get that far all right noted now tell me what you've experienced here what's been going on give me the full debrief and he finally takes a seat and you exposit yep that's a good pause point for our break as you tell him everything you let him know about everything that's happened here. Um, here is a quick question though. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I just want to know, do you leave out Isaac's modification? Oh yeah. I okay. feel like that's a personal I had a feeling, thing. With yeah. Him. I had a feeling you did, but like, just wanted to make sure that that wasn't uh -huh. included. I, I assumed it was being left out because it's not yeah. relevant to what he wants to know. Yeah. Um, and also the dark star stuff though, I will tell him. Okay, cool. Yeah. He leans in and listens to that and that looks like it troubles him. Because I, because of his previous mention, mm -hmm. I want to know more of what he knows about it. So I'm yeah. going to trade in. He's him. opened up to you guys. You guys are learning a little bit more about this organization. Um, and we're going to find out what the consequences or benefits are to you being honest to the superior officer that has just debriefed you. So we'll be back in 10 minutes, y'all. 
see you soon. If you are enjoying this, make sure to check out some of Keytime's other TTRPG podcasts, like our two Monster of the Week actual plays, $2 Creature Feature, and Pest Control. If you want to learn more about Pathfinder 2nd Edition and other TTRPGs, we also have educational videos on our YouTube. Now, back to the show! Welcome back, everybody. We had a little decompress, got some nutrition, and now we are jumping back into a very relaxing game of Alien here on Q Times uh, Season 2 of Beacon. Let's kick things off. After the D. After you exposit to the, to the captain, the debrief goes pretty much as you would expect. He listens quietly to everything you are saying doesn't offer doesn't ask any questions he just listens when you get to the ambush he asks a few questions particularly he seems to hone in on wanting to know what isaac was up to and how isaac handled that situation and as you continue kind of like telling him a few things you get the impression that he is picked up a scent but he doesn't linger on it he continues asking more questions about um, what you learned when you searched the bodies and uh, that kind of thing. And what you tell him seems to trouble him a little bit. And he nods and says, all right, I need to see this data pad you recovered immediately. I understand you transmitted some of the data to the general. Yes. And you hand him what you've got. And he takes a look at it and he goes... is it you recognize this i don't recognize this in particular but i've seen that black star hmm. many a time over the past few months a lot of dark star fled some of their facilities once the upp started coming after them so they tried to burn everything behind them and flee they were fleeing justice at this point dark star has been completely dismantled but there are still apparently pockets of people who are still out there causing some mischief hmm. but if they organized a hit against people who knew about them that tells me that there's at least one person who's still in charge and trying to revive the project if what you're saying about he exhales for a second, and he says, if what you're saying about Finch's friend is true, the formerly believed to be dead Marine was now spotted in footage here. I've got to report that to the brass. We don't leave people behind. Also, I find it impossible to believe that a Marine was killed in action and somehow wound up in a Dark Star testing facility. Mm. Something does not match. I, the thing is, though, Captain, as gruesome as the thought is, if they're doing experiments, on people 
trying to weaponize alien genetics, then it is possible that she died and they brought her back as something else. Well, I'm going to tell you something that's kind of disturbing. I've seen what the pathogen can do to people. I just got done rescuing 22 colonists on a ball of ice. And we were being chased by almost 600 of these things. These poor people had been infected with this pathogen and became something completely different. 600. You wouldn't have believed it if you'd seen it. It was... It was a dark star facility on the planet. It looked like it had been abandoned. We had been called in to rescue colonists that were holding out. Wisely enough, the colonial marshal and some random civilian decided the best thing to do would be to hole up in an area where they knew that they could have proper fortifications. So they actually held up inside the Dark Star facility and sealed it off from the outside. We managed to get everybody who was still alive and uninfected out. But we ran into some problems. And I'm going to tell you now what we encountered. I have to tell you until I am... Until I am convinced that your crew of the Elios is on the level, this is to remain between you and I. It's considered classified. Okay. Dark Star facility was being used for some kind of genetic testing. And we ran into the pathogen, and I don't even... Marines just call it the black goo. Pretty accurate, to be honest. Apparently, the colonists had come into contact with it. There was some kind of archaeological dig that Darkstar was involved in. But we did run into the xenomorph. There were at least 12 that were encountered. And I suspect there were more. Which tells me that Darkstar has gone pretty far. Much like... Operation Life Force did. <sighs> That's what you're up against out here. That's what we're up against out here. This is wild. Bunch of dumbasses playing with something they don't understand, like a kid playing with a gun. That they're just messing around with this shit. Thank you for giving me the full debrief, Corporal. Yeah, um, of course. Is there anything else that I need to know? Martha thinks about Isaac. <laughs> As you're quiet for a moment, he looks like something is stuck in, stuck in his head too, and he goes, 
the thing you encountered on Paxton's Reach. You said it had some kind of invisibility field or something. That it shifted like a chameleon. Yeah. Spoke? Yeah, but from what I remember, we couldn't really understand what it was saying. Is that true? Right? We didn't understand. Yeah, you guys could. I mean, it's sort of just like dark star, grumbly, and then a name that we were able to understand. But there was no full communication. We got like three words out of it. Right. Okay. Thanks. He just thinks about that for a second. He goes, I haven't heard of anything like that before. But I'll make sure that that makes it into the report. Okay, so we have multiple monsters just running around, running around the solar system. Great. Are we a rescue team or an extermination team at this point? Good question. Every operation I've been conducting over the past two weeks has been search and rescue. And also... Turns into a Wait, so those 600... Those 600 that you encountered, are they still there? Are they still living? Or moving or whatever? Most of them might be, yes. Oh, God. Um, And it's under quarantine right now. And I suspect it will be dealt with. Okay. Which planet is that again? He... Hesitates for a moment and he says, This is planet SB357. Okay. Martha's going to actually make a note in her pad. Okay. SB357. In the Groombridge 3994 system. Uh, you don't plan on going there, I hope. Oh, I'm making a note so that we can avoid it. Ah. Well. As much as I love being informal, he puts his hat back on and stands back up. He says, I have to get back over to the Coral Sea and start seeing to the offloading of a bunch of scared and hungry people. Okay, um, how much time do I have to make my decision? Coral Sea will be docked here for the next couple of days. I'll let you, you know sir. when we're getting ready to head out. Thank you, sir. You're one of the good ones, Martha. He pats you on the arm. Thanks for hanging in there. And he steps past you, exits, steps out the door. He took your data pad, by the way. What? Mm -hmm. He's still holding it when he he exits the door. Uh, Don't like that. (laughs) Actually, uh, I go out the door and say, uh, excuse me, sir. He stops and looks back. Um, if I'm going to keep working on this mission and be of use to you, I'm going to need that back. I'll offload the information and see that it's returned to you. Thank you. He nods and pivots. Heads out. <laughs> okay. I... Um, uh, I, Martha heads to 
Well, I don't know where everyone else is actually. Everyone else was left up in Varela's office. So what was what's been happening up there? Is you guys have gotten to know Lieutenant Batista a little bit. Um, she's got swagger, and she likes uh, what you notice is that she likes to kind of. Uh, she's got some sarcasm on her. She's also got a bit of a mouth, but yeah, she kind of lets her hair down a little bit, figuratively speaking, with all of you. Once the captain leaves the room, and is just making uh, making some passing comments, like it's a "pretty sweet setup you've got here." Must be nice having a big tower in the middle of space. Don't have to be worrying about anybody checking in on you, making sure you're gambling when you're not supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Top of the line facilities out here. Varela finally says, is there something else that you needed, Lieutenant? Or can I have my office back? And she looks around and she goes, is that what this is? This looks like a fucking penthouse to me. Yeah, you can have your office back. And as she steps away, Tig, just under her breath, you hear her go, bitch. <laughs> and the lieutenant steps out of the room. <laughs> and Varela doesn't seem to hear it and just says, the rest of you, I think I need some time. Uh, I have a feeling the captain is going to want to speak to you all again, so be prepared to have to run up to my office yet again. I'm so tired. Can I just camp out here? Yes. Thank you. Joking, there's, there's like Tig. go over no. to no, go and get some rest in no the no that's worse that's worse i'm gonna run laps actually and she walks out of the room <laughs> you gonna do you gonna do what now Run laps, catch me, catch me uh outside of her office there was where the old med bay was mm -hmm. this was a like restaurant since like a common area that got yeah. turned into a med bay is it going back into a common area um, it looks like it's set up as a nurse's station right now. They haven't moved oh, all the medical is. equipment. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. I but there's nobody on duty much... in here. Uh, Khan is actually in the med bay down on the cargo deck now. Mm -hmm. So she—that's where she operates. But yeah, because I was like, is... I knew we got our med bay, like, mm -hmm. med yeah. bay back. I just didn't know how much had been moved. Yeah. But yeah, this yeah. was eventually going to be that, and is. Okay, you also cool. see a large black cat that is currently uh, rubbing up against the wall and just watching everybody in the most flirtatious Hello, manner. Doctor. Um, I give him. I give a little like, like, come here, come here. You see, as you're petting the cat, you notice that Batista is actually standing waiting for the lift. She's watching you guys. You just, she just says, "It's been a while since I've seen a real cat." Yeah, this one scared the shit out of me when we got here, hiding in the shadows like a little freak. Pretty cute. Pretty cute. Mm, very. You seem to be a little bit more relaxed than you were when the captain was here. So you mind if I ask you a question and get your honest opinion? Possibly. What do you want to know? <clears throat> Y'all not aiming to take, uh, take any of my crew now, are you? Take any of your crew? And do what? She smirks. You think we're going to press gang them into working for the Colonial Marines? I think only one of us is actually up for grabs, Doc. Well, they do work for the Colonial Marines, and I was just worried about y'all taking them elsewhere. Past tense. Um, Past tense. No login. No longer up for grabs. Well, of of course. Of course. You, she turns back to the lift as it starts to arrive, and she says, you better be careful, though. The captain takes a liking to you. He might reactivate you. Absolutely not. Honorable discharge, man. I'm not fit for duty anymore. He shrugs and he goes, that was worth a shot. You wish. The doors open up. She steps in just as Baker steps out. 
boy. She gives Baker a look as Baker steps out. Baker just looks back at her. There's a very open exchange between the two of them as they stare at each other for a second. Baker looks at all of you and just goes and <laughs> starts heading to the office. Um, oh, going down, right. she says to all of you. Um, I, I'd like a minute with Baker. I'd imagine that that conversation was bound to happen at some point anyway. So uh, I'll, I'll catch up with the rest of y'all. Or starts to close. She goes, last chance. Does Isaac have anywhere to be? Um, Isaac doorknobbed Varela a bit. Um, so hasn't yet caught up with y'all. Okay, take take go take go take the take the lift down. She's gonna go okay. get get. She did not finish her oversized breakfast, uh, and she is gonna go uh, harangue some some lovely up. folks to give her a uh, uh, yeah a mid morning snack. Okay. Yeah, so she'll go down with Batista on the ride down. Just banter's with you. Oh yeah. Lose that point of stress. I was gonna say I was gonna ask because I. <laughs> Yep. I think I'm technically allowed to remove my own stress by bantering with people, but I think it's funnier if she does yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Levine is like you, uh, Levine is a very hard ass kind of like captain. You get, you get a sense though, that he, that the people that are around him are pretty loyal the way that Batista talks about him. Mm. But Batista, you've seen, you've seen her type so many times. She's a fire team commander. She's probably led troops into battle many a time. Uh, no bullshit. Likes like she's got a again. She just likes to swear a lot and um, easy to talk to. Oh yeah, she's this is the this is the, the people I grew up with. Yeah. This is like the entirety of my like half of my class at the, like Safe Haven Colony was just people like this. <laughs> Refers to Varela as a hard ass, but you can actually tell that even though she says that, and you've you've even heard her swear about her. There's a modicum of respect. Yeah, it's, it's built in. Yeah, know? there's a little bit of respect because she she kind of like as the doors are opening, you're getting the sense that Batista kind of has this vibe of like, look, I respect the woman in charge of a bunch of Waylon Yutani shit. And just, hey, look, if she's taking their money to help people, she can be an asshole if she wants. And yeah, she's pretty good at that. Both the helping and the asshole. She's trying, though, I think. I mean, you can't get that high in Waylon Yutani unless you've got an asshole the size of a black hole. Not a visual I needed, but accurate nonetheless and they step, I think they step out. <laughs> he said she shakes his head and she says you spent too long out of the core she steps out of the elevator <laughs> yeah, trying to do good or whatever as you step out of the elevator uh what is you guys doing up you see baker yeah, i think it's um isaac with varela and doc with baker right now Okay, so Isaac, you're heading back in to talk to Varela. Uh, no, uh, Isaac was hovering. Oh. On the on the way out, like I did. Oh, okay. So many cool. poor, unsuspecting teachers. Gotcha. Uh, throughout my academic career, we'll um, do that one first. I have observed that Varela often. Okay, cool. Finds me more comfortable to confide in, and I am curious. Sounds good. All right. Um, so we'll they, they will follow and then slow. And as everyone uh, sort of trickles out. She's lighting up a cigarette as she does. She notices you lingering. She doesn't say anything. She waits until the door closes. And then she says, what's on your mind? The Marines make you uncomfortable. That's right. And now they're here on your station. 
Now they're here in my station. Are you uncomfortable? Yes. Why? Because the Colonial Marines have a grudge against Weyland Yutani, and when people look at Beacon, they can't see Beacon. They only see Weyland Yutani. So I suspect I'm going to be treated with suspicion and derision. So you're scared they'll take Beacon away? I'm scared they'll look for reasons to take Beacon away. Can they do that? If I am found in violation of the Colonial Protection Act, they could shut this whole operation down. Have you violated it? She quirks an eyebrow and says, I've walked a very fine line to get what we need to start this operation up. Like what? I had to call in favors to get the resources and manpower that I needed in order to launch an entire space station's operations. You were part of that deal. She points at you. I don't think I violate an act. You, well, you do now, Isaac, she says. <laughs> but no, before you did not. But I knew the Isaac model was known for being empathetic and trustworthy. And that's what I wanted here at Beacon. It doesn't say that in the brochure. I read the brochure. <laughs> she smirks and says, no, it doesn't say that in the brochure. I don't think they'll take it away for some favors. Don't be scared. I'll try, Isaac. And then you see a big, warm smile cross her face. She takes a long drag off the cigarette, exhales smoke lazily into the air, and she goes, Is that a new tattoo? Hassan did it. It's beautiful. I'm going now. I leave. He watches you go. What's going on with Baker outside? So, um, uh, Doc is going to walk over and go, uh, you wanted us one on one. Uh, I figured we might as well get, uh, get through this. Uh, you mind? What do you need? Uh, just conversation. Uh, you said that you were here to help, and uh, I would like very much to believe that. I, I, I and and I do, and I think that you might be able to help me. But I feel I figure, Doc, spit it out. What do you need? <laughs> what do you need? I know you marine types. You're good at finding. <laughs> well, you're good at finding dirt. You wanted me to find some dirt for you. Well. Who yes. told you I was former Marine? I can see it in the way you walk. I forget that you were the father of a Marine sometimes. Yes, sir. I, I did my best with them, and uh, I, I saw him come back one day a completely different person. And uh, it was a better person. I was, I'm proud of my boy, and that's what I want to talk to you about. Um. He folds his arms and he looks over at Varela's door and he says, all right, well, I don't have a lot of time, but I'll listen. What do you need? 
my son's name was is Simeon Albright. He was KIA in a mission, and his commanding officer, uh, Commander Stetson, I, I've reached out to him a number of times to, to see if I might be able to find the particulars about what happened to my boy, and I have been met with a wall of classification and bureaucracy for some time now. And, uh, well, I was hoping that maybe... You might be able to assist me with that. You know, Doc. Normally there is no rational reason to believe that I would ever be able to uncover classified information from the Colonial Marine Corps, but well, it is a good thing that I am an extraordinarily irrational individual. Situation has changed a little bit here on station. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not in cahoots with the captain that just landed here. Coral Sea and all. But, um, I don't know. He seems like he's on the level. And, um, we have a rapport. Let me see what I can do. It would... It would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. He pats you on the arm and he goes, I think it's a pretty reasonable request. There, there is just one other thing. Um, if he starts asking a few questions about my crew, could you just give me a little heads up? I, I, I It's it's the parent instinct in me. I, I just yeah. want to make sure I got my people taken care of. Yeah, I'll let you know. Hey, we're about to take on refugees. I was I wanted to ask him, but uh yeah. I have to admit it was very uh he's a very intimidating presence. If I might be able to get the medical records of the refugees that'll be populating bacon, I just wanna make sure that if anybody needs any looking after, they ain't gotta come to me. I could come to them. You have their PDT chips codes, but that's about it. I have no medical records on any of them. We literally bailed them out, or rather, they literally got bailed out of a colony that was on the, in the middle of being utterly destroyed, from what I understand. They haven't told me much, but... But uh, Dr. Khan requested you help her, and if you can recruit Tig, that would be super helpful. We're gonna give Tig a chance to get some rest, Lord knows... But maybe this might be good for Tig, because if... Uh, can I tell you something about Tig? Please. If you tell her to get rest, she's just going to do something else. I See, I've noticed I'm give, that. I'm going to give her... If she if she wants to be a fool, then I'm going to give her something to do. Well, it's better than doing laps around the station. She'll do that. Oh, no, I've seen it. Who's doing laps? He's come walking <laughs> up, Isaac. And he smirks. We were just talking about Tig trying to give Tig something to do so she'll tire herself out and hopefully collapse and get some sleep. Actively burning through the painkillers like we got an infinite supply. <laughs> Isaac, we're going to have a bunch of refugees coming on to uh, Beacon here in the next few minutes. We're going to set up triage and a little bit of a living space for them down on the cargo deck. Um, what do you think about moving that to the promenade instead? 
I think I can move stuff anywhere you want it. I'm very strong. I just want them to feel comfortable. I don't want them to feel like they're cargo. I would point you to the doctor for insight. He looks over at you. It'll be a cramped space in there for food, but I mean, it's a hell of a lot more homey than the cargo bay. Well, I've got quarters here, and I also have quarters on the Elios. I don't see any reason why I might have both. Uh, It's not much more room, but it's a little bit. Make them feel a little bit more at home. I'll take that into consideration, though Varela probably going to say no. (laughs) Go ahead and head on down to the promenade deck, and I'll meet you all down there. We're going to have to start offloading these people. There's about 22 of them from what I hear. They're tired, hungry, and probably sick of being scared. So let's show them some hospitality. That's that's the part that I was best at in medical school. Bedside manner. Not supposing that these folks are on the bedside, but never mind. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) All right. You all eventually convene on the promenade deck, where indeed you see a crowd of people entering in. It's heartbreaking what you see. There are families clutching what, what, what they have left. Um, you see a few children are here as well. Um, there is a teenage girl with matted blonde hair that is clutching her parents like they might leave her or something. And uh, she, they're kind of walking awkwardly. You can see a lot of them um, look exhausted and tired. Interestingly enough, it also looks like their clothes are really heavy. Like where they came from was probably a very cold environment. But as they get filtered in, you can hear the booming voice of Hassan say, Come into my house! Come into my house! Take a seat. Make yourself comfortable. If you need anything, speak to Hassan. Hassan will help you. I know how to make the perfect bed on hard floors. I know exactly which are the best slices of cornbread to eat. And I even know how to make bug juice taste good. And he says that to one of these little girls who kind of smiles at him a little bit. And he says, Everybody, come in, come in. Welcome, welcome to Beacon. This is what we are here for. Come in, come in. And he starts ushering people in. Um, Some spirits being picked up a little bit. Um, But, Doc, you see Dr. Khan. She is currently um, talking to a few of the refugees that are coming in and asking them questions. She has her data pad out and is just going through some of the questionnaires. A few of the Colonial Marines are here, too, just, like, helping people, like, find, like, seats. Um, There's some elderly people here. You just see this... uh, <clears throat> this there is there is one marine that is walking by who looks like they haven't probably showered in a couple of days and you swear you see like blackened cinder like almost like uh they've been close to a fire like soot all over their face um and they're just like hanging on to this old this older gentleman and setting him down um all in all pretty much what you all were built for one by uh-huh. one they're all being let in um but you do notice there's one person who looks a little out of, uh, stands out a little bit more than everybody else. Um, there's two people. Uh, one of them looks well-dressed and he's standing next to a gentleman. Uh, the, the guy who looks well-dressed has short cut hair and is wearing a long coat. And he looks like he has stopped and started having a conversation uh, with your security officer, Mirani. And... <clears throat> 
the guy that's standing next to them is this gentleman who has kind of looks like he has short brown hair uh, and he's wearing what looks like a green flight suit almost zipped all the way up but it looks like a green flight suit that's been recycled and you can tell that there's this like uh space on his arm where an upside down triangle patch of some kind has been torn free but he's looking around just kind of like taking the place in and he looks perfectly fine <laughs> he looks like he's uh just a little lost in the woods I gotta be able to carry somebody's bags and somebody's okay. bags and somebody's bags. Like yeah. <laughs> Isaac, easily um, helping carry some p things and like setting them down and helping people to to like find a corner. Um, the Beacon staff, all nobody complains about the eating space being filled up with people. You see everybody from cargo lifters. I mean, even even uh, even Kavalova is here and being empathetic to people and just like being like really nice to everyone and trying to help everyone settle in um yeah i'm making a beeline over to dr khan okay khan is standing very close to uh the the security the the colonial marshal marani who is who is having a conversation with the other guy um khan looks up at you and she goes you and i are going to have a very long day today well it's better than me and bored uh, any extreme cases you notice need immediate attention? She says a started. lot of malnourishment. Apparently these people stayed locked inside of a small room for days before the Colonial Marines showed up to rescue them. And the average temperature on the planet was below freezing. So there are noticeable signs of frost burns and there might even be a little... Well, just check, check fingers and toes. Will do. Uh, I couldn't help but notice one of these marine individuals got fire and soot on the face. Uh, that... Yes. Uh, I don't know the details, but one of the colonists said that they fired a rocket launcher into a hallway, apparently. I don't know the full story behind that, but I'll just have to take their word for it. Well, I'm just going to be available if that individual ends up needing some help. Um... Don't want to get too close, though. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, let's let's do this. And uh, okay. Doc is just going to go. All Make right, everybody, show me yeah. your thingies. <laughs> you, I think Make you turn me... around to face everyone, and Tig is already weaving through the people. Mm -hmm. like, like, she was down here when they got brought up before everyone else came down. So she yep. was on her way to get snack, immediately went into triage mode. And it was visually assessing the crew is walking through and like trying to pinpoint people who like need it running ABCs. Like she has been this entire conversation, she's been ping ponging around like Gosh, in you. the middle okay. of the thick of it. <laughs> what um, happens when someone bumps your elbow? By the way, what reaction do we see? Oh, she flinches every time, and then uh, but yeah. does not. Okay, like, so we're at flinch and not yelp. Thank you. It's like it's like physical. It's like oh, it it's very much like no expression reaction aside from jaw clench physical flinch but like very clearly trying to play it cool like does like there's no time for that right now like just oh, the soul like, silently leaves the body like the, uh, and then but we'll keep moving uh and pretend like nothing happened very much the like gotta have a lock on it gotta keep moving <laughs> all right yeah apparently it hasn't been out of the core that long <laughs> 
Uh, what role were you having me make? Oh God. Yeah. What role so. Me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one sec. Uh, okay. Let me load this up. So, uh, make me if you could please a the first aid check. I believe is the. Hold on one sec. Medical aid. Medical aid. Yeah, that's correct. Make me a medical aid check, and you are going to get a one die bonus because you're being assisted. This is about to be a very large pool. <laughs> this is and what you do. Medical, and then you, you're. I'm assuming you probably have like your medical tools. That's, uh -huh. another, that's another. Yeah. So you're getting you're getting an additional bonus as you give these people treatment. Oh boy, this is this is a lot of die. Yeah, one second. Yeah, we love to see it. <laughs> we love to see it. <laughs> All right. So, um, and then. Uh, one more, you said, and then two more because of my medical kit, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Uh, it's fives to sixes are successes, right? Sixes. Uh, only sixes, unless you spend okay. a story point, yeah. Alright, one, two, three, four, five... <laughs> Five successes. <laughs> five successes. Yeah. So <gasps> it's, heartwarming, it's heartwarming I, to see it. If I spit the story point, this would it be is, ridiculous. It is. It is a maestro in their environment. Doc is a natural at making people smile when they don't want to smile, laugh when they're trying not to laugh, uh, relax when they really want to be mad he makes his way through there and you can see just in the room as he's talking to people eventually it's every now and then tig you look back over your shoulder because you hear a kid laugh um and if you can imagine almost like a like a if if, if this was a film it would be that slow motion shot of like watching doc smile and having a conversation in slow-mo with families and all of them just looking at him as he practices a healing art that's beyond just stitches and band-aids it's the lollipops and the laughs and the spirit and hope that he's giving them as these refugees you can only imagine what they've come out of you saw some pretty fucked up shit in the frontier war so you can only imagine what these people must have endured but everything about this screams that they are the subject of a search and rescue mission and that these marines probably pulled them out of a really ugly situation and then you're interrupted by somebody who just almost stumbles into you. A gentleman in a green flight suit. Short brown hair. Um, bumps into you and he turns around and he goes, sorry. Automatic check. Were we good? <laughs> yeah. You look him up and down. He, he actually looks fine. His, his flight suit's really dirty. Like he has been probably with the colonists locked away for the past couple of days. But for the most part, he, he looks okay. And he's just kind of glancing about thinking like, Sorry, um, I don't. Are you part of the staff of the station? Uh, depending on what you need, I can probably get you there. Which, what's up? I'm just, uh, I can help, and I've been asking. Oh. I've been asking. I don't have medical expertise, but if I can, like, I don't know, hold something or carry something for somebody, I just feel. The past couple of days, I just haven't been useful, and I, I kind of feel bad. One sec. Do I see Isaac anywhere? Um, Isaac. Um. I, I think they're 
little Sam would check out so many books once they were old enough that the limit increased from <laughs> 10 to uh -huh. 20 um, <laughs> that you can stack it over your face. Okay. Uh, that, but with a bunch of very, very heavy things. Just mm -hmm. like, just, just like a phone? Like out of the, around the corner? Like... Right. Yep. <laughs> oh, hey, I got some extra hands for you. Uh, they'll direct you. Carry stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. Have you Thanks. have you had water? Have you hydrated? Have oh yeah. No, they've been great. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Then go help. And she kind of like <laughs> gives yeah. him like a pat on the shoulder <laughs> in Isaac's direction. Hi. Wow. That's a lot of books. Hi. Um. Yeah. They were they were in the way. I thought make more room for people to sit down. You're an, you're an Isaac model. Um. I I'm. I work on the station. Nice Modeling sounds fun, though. <laughs> That's good. No, I like that. Uh, yeah, no, I. Sorry. Um, I uh, my my family was. Uh, I, I'm something of a scientist. It's sort of the black sheep of my family. I studied archaeology. My family studied AI. <laughs> so uh, scientists and researchers and computer programmers and all that in my family. So I'm. Anyway, uh, it's nice to meet you. Um, and I, I think I can help you carry those if you really need it. Uh, Isaac w had just been in the process of shifting over all of this stuff to one arm so they can shake hands mm -hmm. at the nice to meet you. He watches you as you hold all the books with one arm and he just quickly shakes your hand and says, wow, um, yeah, uh, anything I can do to help. I would love to. I know my way around a cargo bay. I know my way around computer systems. I know my way. I just know my way around carrying things. If you just want me to do that, <laughs> I can distribute I, food. Those are all good things. None of them are archaeology. We don't have much of that here. Sorry. No, unfortunately, the place that did have archaeology turned out to be something of a death trap. So, we're moving on now. Does that happen a lot in archaeology? No, honestly, it doesn't. It it seems to only happen out here on the frontier. There's been some pretty startling things that have been happening out here on the frontier. I don't know how much you've heard. Lots of strange things that have been happening. Um, ruins that have been discovered. Rumors of... Um, he looks around and says, there's um, lots of rumors going around about really some exciting archaeological digs. Really, if you if you like books, they would probably fascinate you. What kind of stuff? And I would like to sort mm -hmm. of move along so that we're mm -hmm. working. Um, but I've noticed that people will tell me things for no reason if I just ask enough questions. So yeah. I will I will ask him about his special interest okay. and let him talk about this archaeology like weird. It seems like he wants to. Yeah. Uh yeah, he he carries on Isaac, and there's definitely he's definitely a little odd. There's just something a little different about him. He is very passionate about the archaeology. He just kind of stumbles into conversation about things, but every now and then just drops something very philosophical that you're like, where is he going with this? Um, for the most part, though, he seems to suggest that uh, it's dangerous work out here. You know, I you hear things, and sometimes it's difficult to get a grant. You know, people. Especially during 
this post-war environment, there's not a lot of people who are interested in funding scientific expeditions. Most people really are just interested in helping folks, which I can argue that's the right that's the right thing to do. I just don't think you need to sacrifice one for the other. I think you can do both. I don't think science and history and discovery needs to be put aside, especially when it involves finding purpose. Is there purpose there? I don't know. Do you ever think about your purpose, Isaac? I lift up something absurd. Uh, I don't know that I was ever that teleological about it. People don't have purposes. They're people. Ends in themselves. I agree. You're unique, right? I mean, this is a new universe to you, and you're in a very unique position. You get to see the universe through eyes that most people kind of take for granted. Many people don't, and I'll look over to the little kids. You see a smile come to his face and says, that's true. Not so different. He nods. He's like, I like you, Isaac. Thank you. Their reading material is kind of boring, though. Don't tell them I said that. The children's reading material? Yeah. I tried to recommend them the Iliad, and it just didn't take. Hmm. Iliad. I remember the first time I read the Iliad. And you begin to carry on a conversation with him. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about uh, that time Heinrich Schliemann dug right through the historical Troy he was looking for. The Sorry to do this to you, Isaac, but I need you to make an observation check. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would... Yep. What would this be if Isaac weren't out here yeah. failing observation checks? Yep. Welcome to season two of Bacon. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I got one! Okay. Oh, I, I have one more die than I did. I might... I've got one! It made no difference. Uh, okay, one sec. Okay. Also about that um, one or archaeologist Hassan told me about where their faces melted off. Anyway, yes. Isaac, okay. you are you are experiencing things before that you are experiencing things now that maybe feel a little bit new but you have the ability to become suspicious of people. Sure. Whereas before you kind of took them at face value. With the inhibitor chip removed um, you don't just kind of just immediately assume trust with every human that walks up to you asking for help. He's very friendly. And interesting and insightful. He kind of shifts tone a little bit when he's talking to you and he starts talking about archaeology and what stuff. He kind of loses that anxiety being persona and starts becoming very well-spoken and, and calm as he's talking to you. But he seems very interested about like the books you're reading and... Uh, and he every now and then drops in a self-deprecating remark about how he really got more than he bargained for and that this archaeological dig that he went on turned out to be a total mistake. 
and he's looking forward to getting back to Earth. Um, but you cannot help but think there's just gut feeling you have about him. You don't know what it is. You don't know what you're picking up on. But he is pleasant. There was a thing when Varela talked to me. Mm-hmm. A similar sort of feeling. Not the same sort of feeling, but a similar one of a thing beneath the surface that didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But it does kind of remind... It, it reminds me. Maybe this is just what it feels like when you know people are keeping secrets. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the feelings are cousin to one another. But that moment, O'Donnell walks up to the two of you. Isaac! <sighs> Hello, O'Donnell. Hi. I'm stealing his job. This is O'Donnell. Hey. How's it going? Um, I need help down in the cargo bay. I know you're busy up here. Can you spare anybody? Oh, of course. Um, I will hand off the thing to poor Landers, who doesn't deserve it. Landers takes it, and he just... By the way, uh, his name is Landers, everybody. Um, He takes it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He takes it and just kind of says, oh, yeah, do you want me to take this down to the cargo bay? And... He says, oh. no, Isaac, you should stay here. And uh, yeah, if you want to come down to the car, are you with the refugees? And he goes, yeah, goes, yeah. You want to come down to the cargo bay and help me move some stuff? And he's like, sure. Never been on a station before. This is different. No, Donald's like, is you good with that, Isaac? Or do you need him up here? Oh, I've got it, but thank you. Follow me. Um, you two, are you guys busy? And you see two station staff. He goes, I need you guys to join us. We need to... Anybody else? Can I have... any? If anybody else is not doing anything, I just need help moving some space around in the cargo bay in case we need to set up a bigger med bay for treatments. Is everybody good with that? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, one of the bacon staff member goes, yeah, I'll help you, O'Donnell, you stupid ass. And he's like, great, thank <laughs> you. She goes, hey, rude. <laughs> and he goes oh, the station the beacon staff member goes oh, i'm sorry i know we're trying to break the truth to him slowly so we're just, yeah take T- oh, pretty much has like a <laughs> yeah but like we're allowed ah uh, hey that's my brother yeah literally I, exactly I that's the, the exact the vibe. yeah hey hey only i get to talk shit about him like that <laughs> what the fuck up like <laughs> all right so group of people start heading out of the room and you guys spend the next hour or so setting up a living space here for the refugees. Does anybody have anything else they'd like to do before we advance? Yeah, what's up, Martha? I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah, during this time, I think Martha actually would have gone, tried to go to the Coral Sea. Okay, we'll get to that in one sec. Okay. Um, as that's happening, uh, Doc, do you have something? 
I think Doc so. is just trying to, as he's working with these people, he's trying to get information out of everybody to kind of get each comes, perspective of, of what happened. The colony they come from was called Murphy's Hope. Um, mm-hmm. People got sick, and then people started doing terrible things to each other. Is kind okay. of what you hear over and over. And then they start talking about things they saw that were crawling Any- on the walls. Anything were... in relation to like a pale man or any such thing? Um, a few of the colonists tell you that sometimes when the sickness kept advancing, that the colonists would turn a white sheet of pale. Some of their heads would bloat. They began mm. to have exaggerated features. Sometimes their eyes would sink in and just cloud over and look like they were being absorbed into the skull. Like you hear weird stories, Doc horror stories oh i didn't need sleep anyway (laughs) but the one thing that they tell you and a p it takes a minute but with those many successes you get out of people that like they saw some shit when they were fleeing onto the colonial marines drop ship apparently they were getting out of a really dangerous situation where there was a lot of gunfire and they describe creatures crawling along the walls um, that sound quite horrifying. Elongated heads, and they had these teeth. You hear a lot of stories about the teeth, but the Marines seemed to know what they were doing when they encountered these things, but the, colon- the colonists had never seen them before. So you're hearing a lot of stories about this. Yeah, um, yeah. that's going. That's going right there. I got questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. While this is all happening... Isaac, Marshal Morani approaches you. She goes, hey. Hi. That guy you were talking to. Yeah. Landers? Mm-hmm. Have you seen... How did he come off to you? Hmm. Intellectual. Why? I don't know. I don't Sounds know. It like could you be... have an intuition. Maybe. Maybe. She shrugs and looks around and she's like, I'm really tired too. But I always get a little jumpy when I see this many people coming on to, to Beacon all at once. Because I need to be extra on guard. But I mean, these people are frozen and starving. and He wasn't. So I'm just, I don't know. Could be nothing. But you don't think it is? No. I don't think it is either. When he comes back topside, we're going to keep an eye on him. Like a spy? I'm um, going to go follow that intuition. Like if he says anything weird to you, anything that stands out, it's kind of out of the ordinary, or if there's a behavior that seems out of the ordinary, let me know, okay? Use your best judgment. And if you're not sure, just tell me anyway. I'll okay. make time for it. 
She walks away, stuffing her hands into her pockets, and she stops. And you realize that the other guy must also be a colonial marshal because he he stops with her and starts having a conversation. And they walk away together. You catch that she's asking him questions too, like, "Hey, so that guy that came with you, what's his story?" And they walk off. What's his body language? The marshal. The marshal looks exhausted. Mm-hmm. He looks like he is very tired. He's got rings under his eyes. Um, he's got the stubble like he hasn't shaved in a while. And his skin has red patches on it, indicating he's probably been exposed to some pretty low temperatures without a lot of protection. His skin I- looks quite irritated. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I'll want to tell my friends about that later. Okay. That's weird. Not not the marshal. The marshal just sounds like he was very cold. <laughs> but the other part. Yeah. So for the majority of the day, you guys find yourselves just helping these poor colonists. I think there's definitely a point where Tig hits a wall and doesn't admit that she has. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, Works a little bit past that point. And then, like, really can't keep working, can't keep working without sitting down. Um, and when she sits for a bit, just to like follow her own advice, drink some water, have a little, have some food, um, she's gonna. I think she realizes that uh, she hasn't told her uncle about anything mm-hmm. <laughs> that's happened to her recently. And uh, normally, she has two messages to send back home, but I think this is not one for all ears uh and she's not gonna say anything you know graphic or anything that like fully happened but she is gonna right. let hugo know that she did hey. get hurt she is okay okay she's not coming home like it's good okay. the last time he got a i got hurt it was i'm being discharged so she has to be very <laughs> right i was gonna say as you're as you're formulating this message yeah um it's the way that they, they send messages to each other very bare bones very like uh, and not in a like a aloof way, but it's just like I will communicate this very clearly and in like formally because that's mm-hmm. just how they talk to each other. Right? Is she she still she treats him like a commanding officer, like that's just how she she grew up with him. Um, and so it's just here's what happened. I'm good. I don't need to come home. I am injured. I am gonna be okay. Beacon's covering it, but <laughs> wanted to keep you updated. That's like the gist of the message. And then like a very non-character like out of character p.s hope you're doing well love you and like, <laughs> okay just, um, and she sends that while she takes her her little break before um getting up and doing more uh seated help later probably will okay. do some sit down helping in which case since you were doing this narratively i'm going to award you a point of stress yeah oh yeah <laughs> and 100%. i'm going and i'm going to have you roll stamina okay okay um so make me a stamina check okay me what you get and one stress oh oh boy tig why aren't you good at this <laughs> you're not very good at this okay two three stamina one stress die okay. <laughs> um no successes uh and a panic. one on the panic die excellent however i automatically succeed because because you my... have nerves of steel yeah yeah okay but you, that is beautiful. I think that's lovely. <laughs> congratulations, Tig. You now have the exhausted condition. Oh, yeah, she does. A hundred percent. So the exhausted condition means you cannot relieve stress so long as you are exhausted. 
it will continue to pile up no matter what you do. No banter, no nothing will let you relieve stress. Um, so stubborn. You need to sleep for at least one shift. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, yeah. You need to sleep for just leave, leave with a negative modification equal to the number of days you have spent without decent night's sleep. So right now you're at negative one dice for everything. Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. The she... next time, uh, the next shift that starts, if you haven't slept yet, you get another stamina roll. Except Phenomenal. for if you kill this one, you literally pass out. <laughs> yeah, I think she is not in an emotional state in which she could let herself leave patients. Um, mm. So I think she will work to the best of her ability, like call people over to her, try to be very kind. Like, all right, you in the, yeah, red shoes, come here, you're next. Um, and like, we'll sit them down with her um, and then do what she can. And like, we'll scan, find something. That's kind of her move. And then as soon as she feels like she has helped to the best of her ability she will go pass out but until that point she will be stubborn and keep working i'm gonna offer you something okay a cup of coffee actually lets you temporarily postpone the drawbacks from exhaustion but you immediately get one point of stress oh, yeah. yeah oh we're 100 oh she's 100 doing that yeah. okay cool oh, then fully. take another point of stress yeah. as you start yeah. drinking coffee Absolutely but the 100%. effects of exhaustion are temporarily mm -hmm. You trick yeah, your brain sleep, into thinking you're okay. <laughs> is there any way I could petition like an observation check to see? <laughs> yeah, this is uh, no, not Doc. This is not getting past Doc. There's a zero. yeah. You want to make an observation say, However, check. I will throw at you. You do have 22 patients. I mean, that is true. That so, is true. That, oh yeah, that's and a he good pays case. less attention to you. Oh yeah, a thing I believe. That's a that's a strong <laughs> case. So I am going to. Uh, I wouldn't say it's contested. I'm going to say it's just a regular roll, but I'm going to increase the difficulty. Okay. Okay. So uh, minus two dice. To your All right, right. That's and it's cool. an observation check. That's only five dice. Only five dice. <laughs> I mean, hey, I rolled I rolled five in that last check and got nothing. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I hear you trying uh, to put a dice curse on him. I got two successes. I love it. Okay. Two successes. You spot Tig finishing a cup of coffee. They. She looks like she has rings under her eyes, but it's not just the typical exhaustion from a lack of sleep. This is some, this is like the exhaustion of you've seen somebody who just got over being sick and they're not taking it easy like they should be. It's that level of exhaustion. All right. Well, uh, I'm, I'm it's a post-op uh, exhaustion for God's sakes. Yeah, like yeah. she needs to rest. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to, uh, 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 it, only if this is all right with you, uh, GM, uh, go over to Taylor, uh, who I've mm -hmm. kind of been trading in the medical mm -hmm. field and go, uh, I've done the once over on just about everybody. So I'm just going to leave them in your charge. If there's anything you find yourself underwater with, just come find me. I've got a, she, she I've looks at you and she says, I'll do my best. I'm, being, I'm 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 doing everything right now. They have me running back and forth between the cargo bay and here because they're also setting up a space downstairs just in case this doesn't work out. They're trying to dot all the I's and cross all the T's, I guess. Hey, this this right here is your focus. All right? If anybody gives a guff about it, you send them my way. I gotta go wrangle a bull here. This I am not sending stuff. Baker your way. I love you, Albright, but <laughs> 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 she goes if if Albright. <laughs> Yeah, I'll 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 manage here, and then I'll just keep I'll add this to the list of things I've got to do. This is why you the very best, and I am taking a deep okay. breath and making my way to Tig. Okay, she's sending someone off. Like, yeah, go eat, please. 
yes, I know it's gross. Please eat it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And is like sitting and starts scanning again and sees you immediately clocks it's about to happen. <laughs> and I think there's like where you would expect maybe defiance or like challenge. It's just she just shudders, like shudders down and like just like locks locks down emotion and just like watches you approach. I'm just gonna put a hand on Tink's shoulder. You're an incredible doctor and everybody is here. Is lucky to have your presence, but if we're going to continue to benefit from having such an amazing doctor, this amazing doctor will need to get some measure of rest. Not a doctor. <laughs> we'll not be resting until everyone's been through. Me and uh, Taylor's got it covered. We we we've got it covered. Taylor, who's been who's been running up and down eight decks for the past two hours? No. Uh, can I make a confession? I mean, if I'm assuming it's not going to be about tattoos, but I'll allow it. <laughs> I'm a much worse doctor when I'm worried about my favorite patient. Help me help these people. I'm trying. You need my hands right now. I will pass I mean, out for 12 hours as soon as we've been through everyone. function, Tig. I was watching you from halfway across the damn room. I can... There's no dishonor in resting. Can I make a confession to you now? Yes. If I go lay down right now, rest will not happen. Well, you, you didn't see what I was going to prescribe you. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> if I leave, patience, I will not be able to sleep. Hopefully I can appeal to you in that front. I swear on this whole goddamn piece of junk in space, I will sleep for 12 hours as soon as we have seen everyone. But not until then. Doc, you find yourself looking right at the younger you. She looks right into your eyes, and you can see a 25-year-old first-year med student. Or rather, no, this would have been, you would have been already out doing your rounds, your first rounds as a doctor. Um, you, being that you were an accelerated student, you were always pushing yourself way too hard. You were always... You remember hearing this conversation from your mentors and it just, it's like an old memory that just gets dig up, dug up real fast. It just floods over you for a second as Tig gives you a hard look. Uh, you're, you're just as stubborn as my old kiddo back home. You know that? I can't make you do nothing. I, I can plead. Just promise you'll take care of yourself after this, okay? That's the deal. She holds I'm, out a hand to shake. I want you to know that I hate this. <laughs> the whole time that I'm doing this, I hate mm -hmm. this. I, I'm extending the arm and I hate mm -hmm. it. Oh, I know. I'm taking oh, the hand oh, and I hate it. Uh huh. And I'm shaking. Oh, it. oh wow. Legally binding. Gotcha. <laughs> We're almost done. 
And I'm sitting. I got a coffee. And I will well, sleep. We're doing it together. Yeah. We'll yes. take our... And if I see if I see you fumble or slip, I'm gonna catch you, and I'm put you to bed. Gotta keep your eyes peeled then. I work better under pressure. And she turns and points to someone and calls them over. <laughs> well, shit. While all this is happening, <laughs> Baker approaches you, Martha. Says, "Hey, you got a second? I need uh, you to check something for me." Sure. What's going on? You're the most qualified person on the station for this sort of thing, so I need you to take a look at Mother for me real quick. Okay. Is there an issue? Yeah, I think so. Follow me. I'll tell you, I'm going to show you what, what I'm dealing with right now. Okay. You guys get in the lift, and a few moments later, you disembark... Once again, in the upper tower deck, which is the operations dome. And this is where Barella has her office. And you guys walk into this. This is very similar to like my background because the mother that, that Beacon has is advanced enough to run the whole station, but it's an older mother model. He walks in and says, I have been trying to log some of the cargo entries because we're moving a bunch of stuff around. And mother is acting kind of funny, like... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Take a look at her. I, I don't... You might be able to tell. Okay. It's like I... screen changing and all sorts of weird behavior. Okay, I'm... I'm Take a ComTech a check. Yeah, okay. ComTech. <clears throat> Plus one to ComTech on Mother System. Okay. And you can actually talk to Mother, too. This one will actually speak back to you. It's advanced enough. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. One, two, three. So I don't have all the D6s I need right in front of me, so I'm going to have to re-roll. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I think that's that. And then I'll re-roll two of these. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> oh, one, one success. Okay. <laughs> You log into Mother using your access code, and you see uh, popping up on the screen, it just says, Hello, Martha. And you hear the voice. How can I help you today? Hello, Mother. Uh, diagnostic. Run a diagnostic. I would love to. Stand by. Diagnostic running. All systems seem to be working within normal parameters. And he shrugs. He sees that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. She told yeah. me the same thing. Uh, so you said screen, the screens are, what's happening exactly? Uh, it just felt like I was doing, I was typing in inputs and all of a sudden I was getting like a glitched screen. Like it would just start moving on its own, flipping through like, uh, you know, like you're flipping through browsers, but you're not actually touching the screen, that kind of thing. Like it's just changing. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, mother? Yes, Martha. Who has accessed you within the past 48 hours? I have been accessed by 64 different individuals. What time did this happen to Baker? Uh, I mean, I just noticed it now when I came to start using it. Who is who accessed you? Who are the last five people to access you before us? Before she starts right listing off names until she gets to the bottom and she says, unknown. Unknown. 
Yes. My terminal was accessed on on E deck near Cargo Bay 3. Do we have security footage? Yes. Show me security footage of that terminal at that time that you were accessed. Would love to. Stand by. And then the alarms start to blare all over Beacon Station. Yellow lights begin to flash and you hear it's like a fire alarm ringing all of a sudden. Everyone stops what they're doing and looks around. You hear, warning, unauthorized airlock access on cargo deck B. Warning, unauthorized cargo uh, airlock access on cargo deck B. Mother says to you, Martha, I've detected an unknown access point. Someone has opened the airlock. Uh, can you shut it down? Can you close it? The airlock has been sealed again. Are there any vessels missing that have gone? Small. I'm not detecting any vessels missing. I have the security footage. Yes, yes, pull it up. Um, it appears as the alarms are blaring, Baker says, you keep doing this. I'm going to see what the hell is going on. And he yeah. dashes away. Uh, send us Marani too. Um, as he runs off, you start looking at the security footage. There's multiple angles of cargo deck B. B deck is huge. It's like a convention center floor. It's gigantor. Um, you start flipping through camera footage. You see there's a couple of people around here, but there's a lot of places where even in a big space like this, you're isolated from other people. So you start checking corners and whatnot until you get to the airlock that you're looking for. And as you flip over to the airlock, um, you see an individual in a green flight suit with O'Donnell. Um, O'Donnell walks up to the airlock doors and they look like they're having a conversation. And about that point, you see a few moments later, Taylor come into the scene. She walks up and starts talking to them. You get interrupted as somebody says, Martha, do you know what's going on? And somebody like breaks into the room. No, shh. Taylor walks out of frame a moment later. And O'Donnell kind of motions a little bit and turns his back on Landers. And Landers hits him. You see O'Donnell stumble forward. Landers lifts him off the ground like he's a doll oh and violently slams O'Donnell's head into the airlock door. Oh and you God. see blood. A few moments later, he goes over and you see an entry point where Mother is being accessed and the door opens. And he drags O'Donnell's body into the airlock with him. You switch instinctively to the airlock camera. And you see him drop the unconscious O'Donnell to the ground and suit up. The timestamp, your heart begins to race as you start seeing that you're coming to the end of the timestamp of what you were looking for. And after he's suited up, he moves over and enters an unauthorized access code and mother flags it. Mother tries to prevent him from leaving he enters an access code, uses a back door, and the airlock door opens. And you watch O'Donnell disappear. And seconds later, so does Landers. 
leaping right out the side of the airlock door. And the airlock closes behind him. <laughs> Did he put a suit on O'Donnell? No. O'Donnell is laying face down. Uh, I'm going to send whatever messages I can to Marani and Baker and also just tell all security, lock it down, uh, send a description of uh, the suspect and ground all ships and you start oh, trying to via Lobos. tell Villalobos to keep an eye out try to you try immediately Villalobos you get on the comms of Villalobos and he goes Martha not right now what are you seeing someone is stealing the Rasmussen I know who it is you hear someone screaming outside and Varela runs past the open doorway like she's making her way manually like downstairs not waiting for the lift she runs past she goes no 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 she's just running frantically desperately screaming okay, I'm gonna follow her now i'm gonna run you after step her step out nobody knows what the hell is going on you see the marines have unbuckled their handguns and they're getting everybody everyone calm down calm down Varela immediately opens up a hatch and she goes down. She looks like she's winded, like she's been going down the hatches. But you see her going down. Everyone at this point sees Varela desperately going down to the cargo deck. Where's the Rasmussen? The Rasmussen isn't even docked with Beacon. And she's it's, going down to the cargo deck? Yeah, cargo deck is actually where one of the one of the cargo ships is docked. So there's oh, okay. a spacecraft outside. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to follow her. I'm going to go with her. What's everybody else doing? What do we know right now? All you know, the alarm is going off. Everyone who is here just saw Varela scream and run by. You see Baker trying to get everything under control and figure out what the hell is going on. You do see Mirani come running up and say something to Baker. And Baker goes, like, he's like, I don't have time for this. And Mirani grabs him and says something urgently to him. And he's, he furrows and goes, I, I don't know. Cargo deck, and she runs past him too and starts bashing on the controls to get down to the cargo deck. And then when she sees it's not working, she too starts running for one of the hatches. And then you see Martha dashing after her, and everyone just starts everyone who can cram down those hatches, those emergency hatches to get to the, to the cargo deck. You see them bolting for it. Something is going on. I'd like to run after Martha if I could. Okay. Yeah, if I see Martha running. Uh, it's actually uh, still going to go. Um, but if, if people are dashing off, Tig is going to uh, <laughs> turn to the crew of, of, of uh, refugees here and go, Everybody, sit down. Crisscross applesauce. Do not move until you are instructed otherwise. Please and thank you. And she's going to go off and hope that she can okay. just get everyone to just sit and chill, please. <laughs> no panic. Okay. There's about to be a traffic jam at the hatches. Is there a good vent that you could just drop and shock the ever-living freak out of your ankles? Uh, it's not a vent, but there's a secondary emergency hatch. Yeah. I just um, want to, like, do the not... quickest gravity slide yeah, down okay. to so avoid the hatches. There's another emergency hatch not here where they're with the ones that they're using that's causing the traffic jam. It's down the corridor, but you can get to it pretty quickly. Yeah. 
I'll be okay. dropping. You dash down the hallway past a couple of people kind of muscling past him. Everyone kind of surprised to see Isaac, of all people, uh, moving quickly and urgently as you push through. The alarm's still going off, and you hear people like, everyone calm down, we're figuring out what's going on. And then you hear a mother saying, again, warning, unauthorized access. Warning, unauthorized access. You get to the hatch, Isaac, and just pop it open. You're just going to drop down? Yeah. You just step off and fall through two decks, which is roughly close to almost four stories worth of height. <sighs> um, go ahead and make me a check. You've got the roughneck ability. Yeah, I, I assumed this would be a roughneck check, if anything. All right, hold on. I'm going to pull up falling damage. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay, falling. Falling on a hard surface automatically inflicts an amount of damage equal to the height of the fall in meters divided by two. All fractions rounded down. In a control jump, which this is, you roll mobility, and for each success, it reduces the amount of damage done by one. Armor can also protect you from falling damage. So go ahead and make me a mobility check. 3.3. Uh, okay, so we're so this looking is... at four stories, four stories being 3.3 meter per story. Uh, it would be damage equal to 6.6. .6. I don't know whether the system rounds up or down for my I'll round it down. down. So, yeah. six. So, I'm rolling against a uh, six damage. Okay. I'll roll I'm the damage for you. Six, but... I'll go ahead and roll the damage for you, but uh, make your mobility check. Oh, um, it's a it's a strength attribute only check. Oh. Um, basically, I get an extra layer of armor. Oh, right. That's how the okay. roughneck talent sort of works. I get an extra soak opportunity. I rolled two damage. I rolled one success. Okay, so you hit pretty hard. Yes. And you'll take one point of damage yes. as you slam into the as you slam into a into the deck in a fall that would have absolutely shattered the legs of anybody else who did this. Um, the moment you hit down, the the plating underneath you buckles a little bit. Um, you get up and you run. You get outside just as you see Varela breathlessly rushing towards the cargo bay door. And you see a spatter of blood up against the bulkhead. And Taylor, who's crying hysterically and is screaming and pounding on the cargo bay door. Taylor? Um, Taylor is inconsolable. She's barely able to speak. She's like constantly talking. You can barely understand her. And Varela is not much better. Varela is screaming till her her voice is hoarse, going, no! Outside that airlock door, you can see through the airlock to the other door, and you see the Rasmussen beginning to pull away from Beacon, Beacon Station. And Varela is slamming her fists against it and tears running down her face, screaming. It's pure chaos. Martha, you get there. You arrive. And then a moment later, Doc pulls up as well. Someone's taken the Rasmussen. Is there, is there anybody hurt? Is, is, is there anyone that needs my attention? There, There's blood. Taylor finally manages to say it just as Martha does. He went out the doors. He didn't have a suit. O'Donnell's just went, he's, he just took him out there. He hit him and he took him outside. No suit. 
We have to go after them. Helios. Yeah. Doc? We need a pilot. Isaac, can you... Since they're coming for your jobs. And they just, they're going to start moving. Super fast clarification. He didn't take O'Donnell with him. He just let O'Donnell fall into space, correct? O'Donnell just got pulled right out of the airlock by the the vacuum. That's what I was like, I feel like we're, yeah. O'Donnell was laying face down, unconscious from the trauma. The door is open and O'Donnell just went right out the door. As soon as it it went into vacuum. And then a few moments later... Landers take a step off the side in the spacesuit. You saw the jets activate on the edge of the uh, of the EV suit, and he stepped out, and the doors closed behind him. He yeah, didn't. So Donald's make... not in that ship. O'Donnell is still in space. Right no, now. O'Donnell was sucked into the void of space mm-hmm. with no okay, suit and go severe head O'Donnell. trauma. Come on, let's go. Can we just take this ship? Why do we have to get the Helios? We can take this cargo ship right here. The Helios Small is cargo the ship. He's not far. We just need to get out. Actually, oh, what's she, the best plan? There is a small shuttle that is used to bring people back and forth from the ships. Right. Yeah. That are not docked immediately with Beacon. Okay. Captain Doc? Shuttle? Relic. <clears throat> Relic, would you be able to retrieve O'Donnell while we tend to the Elios to see if we might be able to capture the individual that did this to my crewman. Who are you saying that to? Uh, to the director. She stands up and you just see this look of just utter like she's lost everything. She's tears are just streaking down her face and she straightens up and clenches her jaw and just looks at you and wordlessly without acknowledging you like someone who's in shock slowly begins to walk back towards the lift as the alarm finally switches off about that moment Baker arrives on scene along with Lieutenant Batista and charging up behind her is Marshal Marani Uh-huh. Ronnie goes, where the fuck is Landers? Uh, I'm not sure Martha knows that person's name. Yeah. The guy in the green jumpsuit. Yeah, he took the rest Rasmussen. He, she looks out the window. The Rasmussen is no longer visual. Um, what are y'all going to do? We have to go now. You have to shuttle yeah. over to the Ilios if you're going to get to it. Yeah. Someone uh, really... has to get O'Donnell. Varela is, I don't know, maybe Baker can. Really quickly, could I try mm-hmm. to use calming presence? On Varela or who? Um, On uh, Varela. Um, Varela. She walked uh, away. Varela looks, okay. almost, Varela looks almost catatonic. She looks like she has gone into full-on shutdown. You're not sure what, like, it's just an extraordinary reaction to what's happening and feels okay. actually a little out of place. She looks like she is completely shut down. Batista goes, Coral, see, this is Batista. 
There is a ship leaving dock right now. Do not let that ship leave dock. Stop it at all costs. You hear, copy that, Lieutenant. Coral Sea detaching in five. She, Lieutenant looks at you and she's like, that asshole's got a lead on us. He's going to FTL out of here. We're not going to be able to catch him. There's no jumping on a ship fast enough that's going to catch him at this point. Who's getting O'Donnell? Wait. Ronnie goes, where's O'Donnell? And then she looks at Taylor, who's sobbing. I, I'd like to use the calming presence on Taylor instead, actually. You manage to start... Taylor throws herself into you and just sobs uncontrollably. Um, I a few moments later, Baker... Ready to... Oh, sorry. Okay, uh, yeah. A few moments later, Baker arrives. And then a few moments after that, the captain finally arrives. Everyone's gathered around. Security here, Colonial Marines. Captain says, what the hell is going on down here? Marani looks at everybody and looks kind of oddly over at, like Marani herself is kind of surprised at Morella and then just says, guy you brought with you. His name isn't Landers. I had a suspicion about him. I saw him talking to Isaac and I went and did a follow-up. I entered a description. Name isn't Landers. She looks over at sobbing Taylor and she says, his name is Maitland. He's been flagged as a wanted criminal. He's a synthetic and he's part of something called Children of the Two Divines flagged as a terrorist group. I know what the children of two divines are, the captain says immediately. Fucker, he was a part of it. The captain looks over at Batista and Batista just stares at him. A few moments later, you see the brow furrow on the captain and unsympathetically, he turns slowly and looks at Varela and says, What the fuck was in that ship? And that's where we're going to stop. Oh, God. Ah! <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Y'all are lucky that Tig is uh, trying to calm down refugees right now because she would be uh, screaming at every single one of you to go get to a tunnel right now and fuck everything else. I know. <laughs> don't worry. I, you're I know not you're gonna be, don't worry. You're, you're not going to be penalized for that. I'm assuming oh, that a retrieval of O'Donnell is yeah. happening quickly. Oh, no. Just yeah. story-wise, okay. yeah. Tig would don't be screaming worry. her head off. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all were. Like, yes. Yeah. No, no. Absolutely. Y'all are just, y'all are very good at keeping cool. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Androids ah. don't feel stress. Sam's <laughs> do. <laughs> oh, yes. What? <sighs> Um, for those of you who are watching at home, you might recognize the name Maitland from the Colonial Marines Corps book. If you do, I urge you not to spoil this for anybody. No spoil, no spoil. As he is a known NPC. But if you no want spoilies. to go look, you may. But just uh, keep it on the down low. Do not spoil. Um, besides, most of it's been given away now. <laughs> so um, with that, that is going to wrap us out for tonight. You did go through an entire episode without spending a single story Ooh. point. So that's handy. So we have 14 have, in the back. Yeah, so you have a full slate of story points coming up. Five episodes left. And we've only just gotten started. 
So join us, if you would, please, next Monday night, the same time, to find out what happens next for the crew of the Ilios. And to find out what was in that ship. We'll see you then. Sleep well. Thank you.